When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to. You're laughing, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host Art Stone, and with me, as always, is the 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 Chris Kringle of Cheer himself. Your co-host Andy Hart. What's up, you ho ho hoes? <laughs> hey, I'm here to spread cheer and kick ass. And guess what? <laughs> I lost my pom-poms, motherfuckers. <laughs> Andy, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the it's, it's the, the end of the year. It's the end. We can finally say goodbye to another fucking shitty year. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. 2022, fuck yeah, you fuck and good you. riddance. Fuck you, suck our dicks, dude. Um, it's the bunk miss recap of 2022. Mr. Bunker <laughs> snuck into your chimneys overnight. And guess what? He's stuffing your stocking, your pink stockings full of whatever you would want to call this uh, enchilada. That's whole right. enchilada. Whatever the fuck we always say. Bits and pieces of a hey, whole enchilada. When you were a kid in the 1910s, mm-hmm. um, I did have the flu, influenza. I was uh, <laughs> affected by the pandemic. That's right. And I was what was called at the time a super spreader. <laughs> yeah, because you would always spread your ass cheeks. Right. I was... Look, times were tough. I did work as a male prostitute. <laughs> you, um, no, when you were a little kid, did you, what did you leave out during Christmas? Um, usually it was uh, like boudoir photos of myself <laughs> with the Christmas tree. Jesus Christ. More like food war. Yeah. Food war. <laughs> yeah. Food. What'd you leave out as far as food? Uh, it was, uh, we didn't do it very often. Is there anything, you have any kind of fun tradition or anything normal? But a couple times there were cookies and milk. Very straightforward. <laughs> Every year, cookies, maybe, milk, and carrots yeah, for the was, reindeers. I was going to say, maybe one year there was a carrot for, for, for Rudolph only. Oh, wow. Only one of them, but not the rest? Well, I've never heard fuck anybody you, sing about dude. Blitz and the reindeer. I mean, Blitz and frankly could fuck off. The rest of them need to eat. They need to eat, but I mean, they're replaceable. Rudolph's one of a kind. Um... Well, that's fun, I guess. 
Jesus Christ. Hey, bunk bunkers. We're here on the 2022 Bunk Miss Recap. This is the last episode of the year. You guys love it. We recap episodes This is from the easily every year. year the most popular episode we do. Oh, yeah. And this year, though, was very different, Andy. Yeah. Because we gave you... We didn't do any good episodes this year. <laughs> All the episodes were absolute fucking dog shit trash. <laughs> the fucking worst dribble that's ever come out of the podcasting world. But we gave you the ability to vote for this shit. Yeah. And for some reason, you guys did. And it had nothing to do with all the threats I levied against people and their families. Right, right. Um, and um, very interesting results, Andy. Yeah, interesting to say the least. Um, you know, usually what we do in the Bunkmas Recap is we're working off of the number of downloads for each episode, and that's how we put together a list. Right. So we're just looking at which episodes were the most popular in terms of how many people downloaded them? Right. Well, this year, with the voting, what's we what's interesting is that we also looked at the downloads compared to the votes. These lists don't intersect a lot. They don't intersect. Almost not at all. And there's only one episode that did. There's one on well, both. Well, there's maybe two. Okay. But, you know, honorable mention versus a top five. A top five. But. Right. And there's really only one that is definitively in the top five of both lists. Yeah. Lists. Now, what do you think we should do? Should we, should we say the downloads first and then be like, hey, here's the downloads and then go through the votes as the top five? Be like, compare these to the downloads. Isn't this wild? Yeah. Should we go through the downloads Let's first? Let's go through the downloads first. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't think we're going to do a Casey Kasem for the downloads. They don't deserve it this year. The votes are going to get the Casey the votes, Kasem treatment votes- like we every... Thing does Casey Kasem was all about the people, not about, about the, people. the downloads. Right. Casey Kasem came out on record many times saying that statistics and analytics were bullshit and he didn't believe in numbers. <laughs> yeah. Data science is a failed experiment. It doesn't make sense. Right. Data doesn't matter. It's dumb. Nobody cares about it. It has no use in this world. I once saw uh, everything should be done with your gut. Right. Everything. Yeah. I did once see a video of Casey Kasem <laughs> shooting on old Apple computer. Until it fell apart. If you try to give Casey Kasem a copy of Excel, he'll smack you in the face. Yeah. He'll say, get that fucking shit away He'll pistol whip you. He'll pistol whip you. He's always, he was always packing heat. He was. Casey Kasem was fucking wild, dude. He's the inspiration for The Punisher. Yeah. Not a lot of people All know those that. Charles Bronson films? Based off Casey Kasem, dude. Right. Not a lot of people understand that, that Casey Kasem was the original guy seeking vengeance. Yeah. Vigilante. Right. Justice. That's why he did Scooby-Doo, because <laughs> Scooby-Doo, the gang, they were pretty much vigilantes, but it was like kid-friendly really were. Kid friendly vigilantes, but what Casey Kasem was trying to encourage is like, don't wait for law enforcement to do something. Right. Take it into your own take, hands. Take the matters into your own hands, because the police will do a bad job. You know what? You bring up a good point, is that Scooby-Doo, much like old school fairy tales, was actually a lot darker. Right. The original Scooby-Doo is about, yeah, a group of vigilante teens- taking justice into their own hands. Um, Scooby um, has bitten the face off of many. Of yeah. the, like they don't actually like they changed it to be like, oh, they pull the mask off. No, what it used to be was that Scooby would bite the face off of the criminal. Right. Um, and that's how they revealed who it was. Yeah. It always was old man Jenkins because it was just a fucking skull. Right. And originally, you know, Scooby was like a, uh, an abused dog, guard dog. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And they had rescued him. The gang had rescued him. Yeah. So 
he loved the gang for rescuing him, but he had a he had a real vendetta against other human beings. Right. That's the original Scooby Doo. Yeah. It's fucked up, dude. Yeah, way darker. Scooby Doo needs a reboot. It needs the uh, it needs the it needs the fucking uh, Zack Snyder treatment. We need right. a dark. We need the Snyder verse for the Scooby verse. Right. Bro, welcome to the Scooby verse. <laughs> Hello. Get in on this. The Scooby verse. Uh, hold on. Let me just call Bob Iger real quick. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much potential in the Scooby verse, and there's so much potential here with the Bunker verse as well. There's so much in the Bunker. I mean, you know, comparable. I think they're similar franchises. Scooby-Doo, Mr. Bunker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Similar weights of society. Yeah. We've been accused of being meddling. We lose our glasses a lot. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> there's a weird sexual tension between us. <laughs> yeah. And frequently, we like to build sandwiches that are 10 times higher than our actual bodies and then somehow engulf them all down off screen. Yeah. The thing is, you unhinge your jaw yeah. to a cartoonish length. And you squish the sandwich down to a, an impossibly seeming um, point. And, you know, you just eat the toothpicks yeah. that are in there already. And we both often, when we are met with bad news, go, ruh roh Like zoinks! Zoinks! Scoop! You got a finger in your butt? <laughs> All right, let's get through these downloads. Oh, God, this episode's always a... Fucking nightmare. Um, <laughs> this is just a fucking mess of an episode, dude. What a fucking piece of shit. What a oh fucking piece of shit. Honorable mentions. There's some good ones here, Andy. Good honorable I like mentions. a lot of these episodes. Yeah. Honorable mentions for the downloads. These were, you know, they did well, but they weren't enough to crack the top five. We got Vertical Plane. The Vertical Plane. Classic episode. This is a great one. We've got the Three Vanishing Lighthouse Keepers. Oh, wow. I wasn't even on that you one. You weren't on that one. Revisiting Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, yeah. Our first revisit. Well, mm, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, asterisk. Right. And then Joyzy Devil. The Joyzy Devil. Look, we got so many great apps. New Jersey uh, boinkers out there that Jersey Devil had to make it into the top whatever. Fun fact. Joyzy Devil. That's the only cryptid that shows up on any list. Wow. There will be no other cryptid episodes on any of the lists. Ooh, I hope I hope you guys aren't looking for cryptids because they aren't here, except for the Jersey Devil. Andy, if you have to look through those four, which one is coming out to you? You have any fond memories, and which one do you think is your favorite? If you had to pick between those four, if I had to pick between those four, I would definitely go for the Vertical Plane. That was a great one. We started the year off with that one, kicked the year off. Vertical Plane uh, was suggested by Obi to the R. Yeah. Great suggestion, a great story, a wild ride. Fucking I like weird. <laughs> I, yeah, I liked it because I mean, I think we were both in the same camp that there was like probably just a lot of made up stuff. But oh yeah, um, I mean, it was sexual good, tension, good story. Yeah, yeah. time traveling ghost, sexy Deb, sexy Deb, and, and then you know the the main guy, I forget his name, but he was like worried that he wrote in the book like there's multiple chapters where he's like, I think Deb doesn't love me. Like she's cheating on me with my friend, like things like that. He was worried about that. It's like yeah. totally out of place. Um, the book is very weird. <laughs> There's time travel. There's all this weird shit going on with yeah. like supercomputers and it's just a wild good time. Man. It's just a good fucking time. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm looking forward to the movie. I'm looking forward to the movie. Whenever um, that gets made. All right, let's get into the top five of the downloads here. Top Number five. five, we've got the pre pre cum 
Pre-Columbian Discovery of America. Pre-Columbian Discovery of America. Um, I think this is one that you spearheaded. Yeah, this was a suggestion from fellow podcaster. That's right. Host of Pick Me Pod. Right. TJW. TJW. T-dubs. Um, yeah, this was all about, uh, this was an episode. Now, this is right up your alley hole. Now, now let me just say, uh, Beefers, like, I famously have never listened to this podcast. Uh, and so I'm relying all on my memory here. Would be God dead listening to this podcast. Uh, yeah, I don't want this in my search history. I don't want it anywhere near, <gasps> I don't want to get any <gasps> part of my algorithms, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah, So, I've never listened to the podcast. I don't know how it works exactly mm-hmm, outside mm-hmm. of being in it. Um, and usually every time we leave the bunker, I completely forget everything that happened immediately. So if I recall, I think that this episode was all about, um, I think that it. what happened is there was a big uh, asteroid that crashed into the Earth, and I'm pretty sure that it destroyed everything that was alive on the <laughs> Earth, and the only thing that survived was coffee, and <laughs> these coffee beans came to life. Uh-huh. And they built a new society, but then the coffee beans died. Wow. And they went back to their dormant state. Oh. And all we've got to do to wake up the coffee beans again is uh, just start using magic again. That's actually 100% true. Have you ever seen what a natural uh, coffee bean looks like? No. All right. Well, number four. Uh, <laughs> you really haven't? You've never seen one? Not that I know of. I don't know. Like when they open up the coffee pod, what it actually looks like? Oh, I don't know. I don't care about coffee. I don't drink coffee. Coffee can fuck off. Yeah, but like you know a lot about food and other things. Yeah, I would I would assume that you maybe have seen what a natural coffee bean looks like. No, I don't think so. Or coffee seed, whatever it actually is. Coffee pod. Pod. All right, well, moving on. Number four, Oak Ridge National Lab. <laughs> we got to keep this one moving. Otherwise, it's going to be eight hours. <laughs> The uh, Oak Ridge National Lab, Oak- another one you spearheaded, oh, I think. Yeah, jeez. Uh, thanks for putting me in the top five again, uh, Boinkers. So pre-Columbian discovery of America, that was about this lab in Tennessee. Um, that... No, that one was all about how people, other people before Christopher Columbus discovered America. Certainly. A lot of, a lot of different theories. You're right. It's right up my butthole. Um, I guess Oak Ridge is sort of right up my butthole as well. Is it? No, I don't know. Um, it is now. So, um, Oak Ridge is one of the labs that was involved in the Manhattan project. Right. Trying to develop a nuclear bomb, uh, which was eventually dropped on Japan by the United States to end world war two. And, you know, there's but this was from Tyler Ballou. We should say that. Oh yeah, this this was suggested by Tyler Ballou, Mister Truck and Fuck, the King Truck and Fuck, King Truck and Fuck himself, Tyler Ballou. Um, yeah, and this one is, uh, you know, um, it's just there's just a lot of like noise out there about Oak Ridge because I, it's very secretive. I think it's very interesting that those two are in the top five. I don't normally why expect like deep history, yeah, and like. You know, those kind of more history-focused ones don't often make it that far. What do you think people like? I don't know. I can't fucking tell because these two lists are crazy different. Yeah. yeah. You're going to see, Bunk Funkers. Well, coming in at number three, um, this is the only one that it shows up on both lists. Yeah. We won't tell you where. It's the only <laughs> one that shows up on both lists. This is the rarity. This is a great episode. This is with our friends at the Twisted 10 Podcast. Um, 
know, a fantastic podcast. They're, they're taking a little break, I think, right now. But um, go check out that backlog, man. There's some great fucking episodes on there. And ones that we got to we got to guess with them two different times. It was right. great. This is Project Stargate. Project Stargate. Another one I didn't was not on. You were not on this one. And what this one was is uh, the CIA. Um, the CIA actually funded and looked into um, mind control and telekinesis powers for like decades. They funded it. They had people researching it. They had people testing it out. You obviously don't listen to this podcast, as you just said, but one thing you would find if you did was that one of the operations that the CIA conducted was called Operation Grill Flame. Right. Which, you know, was like... Was how Burger King was created. Right. I was going to say that's either, you know, that's that's a great name for an operation, but it's also a great name for like something that like uh, like Guy Fieri's uh, sword if he were like a fucking uh, a character in World of Warcraft. <laughs> like Guy Fieri with his... His he you go fight Guy Fieri in uh in Flavortown, this World of Warcraft expansion of Flavortown. You like Guy Fieri's like the end boss, and he drops the magical grill flame sword, <laughs> sort of grill flame, which is like <laughs> plus fifty like a fire attack. Literally, it'll roast your ass. It'll roast your fucking ass, dude. Oh man, grill flame operation, grill flame. What do you think about that? I think that's a badass fucking name for an operation. Yeah, it is a good name, I gotta say. But they changed the name, didn't they? Yeah, multiple times. Yeah. Grill Flame didn't stick. But uh, uh, Project Stargate, some of those activities, the movie, The mm-hmm. Men Who Stare at Goats, mm-hmm. was based on that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, that's what The Men Who Stared at Goats, which was a movie that didn't do well. And it's a movie I watched in theaters, I think. Oh. Uh, maybe. I can't remember, but I might have. But it didn't do well, and I think it. I I would like to go back and rewatch it again, because I think that it it was a movie that suffered because I think it came out right around nine eleven, and I don't. And I I watched some video that was like like hey like doing like a video essay on it, and that's one of the points they brought up. They were like, well, this movie came out right around nine eleven. It's kind of an anti-military kind of movie not like overtly but it is sort of like making fun of the military it's, it's like, like here's all the stupid shit look at this stupid shit they've invested in right and it is a comedy it's a dark it's also a dark comedy right so like right. the country was not interested in that at that time right um you know for for i think some valid reasons right so you know everyone was in a lot of pain so um it just didn't do well at the box office um it had a star-studded cast um, you know, a favorite actor of of friends of ours like Ian Hamilton and Nick Simon, um, Kevin Spacey was one of the stars of that movie. So, um, yeah, they love Kevin Spacey, big Kevin Spacey fans. Um, can't wait to see him come back. He's coming back. He just did his first feature film after all of his accusations. Wow. Um, so he's obviously making a comeback. Well, it's nice to know that people like Nick Simon and Ian Hamilton stood by him throughout all of that turmoil. And all of those horrible allegations of sexual abuse. Yeah, I mean, you know, the allegations keep on coming. Um, I mean, I didn't want to bring this up on the show, but um, this week, you know, me, you, our friend Nick Simon, have a group chat where you guys kind of, um, I mean, it's it's a little hurtful, to be honest. You guys were accusing me of having a gun for a penis. <laughs> um, I just want to go on record and say that I don't have a gun for a penis. I've never had a gun for a penis. Um, I don't, I'm not cocked and loaded. Um, I don't have a cocked cock. 
you know, this is, I mean, this is like defamation. It's really hurtful when you guys were making fun of me for that. If you don't have a gun for a penis, why did I see you sticking a magazine of ammo up your asshole? Riddle me that one. <laughs> no response. You got to clean out the sphincter. Okay, you got to clean out some of the parts, Andy. Also, it's just a new diet trend. Inserting ammo magazines into your anus? Yeah. Get a, get a little gunpowder up there to clean out the guts. It's good for you. It's really hurtful that you and Nick Simon would accuse me of having a gun for a penis. Well, why is it? And then try to fund a film where you guys are the victims of some of the people that I've allegedly slain with my gun penis. And you guys are going to fund a film. I'd love to show up on set. Let's just say that. Well, let me ask you this. Why is it that the last time you and I went to a dinner party together, the lights kept going off right after you said, oh, no, I got to itch my balls. And then the lights would go off, and then there was a sound like a gunshot, and then somebody would be dead. That could be anything, Andy. It's pretty suspicious. We live in Chicago. There's a lot of gun crime. Things happen. It's pretty suspicious. Well, I just think it's hurtful. You just kept shouting, I gotta itch my balls! <laughs> and then the lights would immediately go out, <gasps> and then there was a gunshot sound, <laughs> and then another person died. Yeah, I mean... Andy, have you ever played Clue? Things happen. It could be Colonel Mustard. You keep inviting Colonel Mustard and Professor Plum. They're you my keep two inviting all friends. these people to our dinner parties, and they're always bringing weird objects... You never accuse any of them for bringing a pipe. Who needs to bring a pipe to a dinner party, Andy? I already explained that Colonel Mustard had a plumbing issue. And Professor Plum loves candlesticks. He collects them. <laughs> They're weird guys, and I don't want to talk to them at the dinner parties anymore. And Princess Peach loves nooses. <laughs> She's just always got one. It's a lucky charm. <laughs> I wish I knew more Clue characters. Colonel Mustard's the goat, too, though. Colonel Mustard. He's the goat. He's the man. All right, let's keep moving on here, Andy. Number Thank two. Thank him for his service. I liked this episode a lot. This came from Robbie Malik. Um, Robbie. Robbie, and this was the Bible Code. The Bible Code. Fun story about this one. Um, it's really, like the bro code, except it's religious. <laughs> this was, well, yeah, that's a good point. Let's get to the theory about it first. Um, the... Uh, Um, so the story of this, the Bible code is that this is, this is classic history channel. This is like, there's a secret hidden message in the Bible and all these people have cracked it and you can use the Bible to predict world events, right? You right. look through the Bible and you use this very nuanced, specialized mathematical formulae to look at the different words and you can basically put together words in the Bible that predict things like World War II. You can find on, you know, the words Hitler and Holocaust and like atrocity and like things like that. Right. Right. JFK's assassination, the moon landing, all these different things. There's obviously people are saying there's predictions in the Bible code that the apocalypse, a great thing of this and that. And of course, one thing that I think is super cool, Bunk Funkers, you might not have known this, is that. In that episode, we used a free and open source program which lets you conduct Bible code research yourself. You can do 
the cryptographic uh, like algorithm to find things in the Bible yourself, doing the Bible code. And this was made by somebody named Dimitri uh, uh, Brandt, Dimitri Brandt. So um, Dimitri uh, uh, made this and put it uh, out there, free to use. And somebody who listens to the show told Dimitri that we used his program to do this on the episode. And then Dimitri then listened to the episode, uh, was, I imagine, highly embarrassed to be referenced. No, he was actually very nice and sat, had a very kind message and thanked us for shouting him out and using his program. It's very neat. Yeah, which is unusual because we have gotten contacted by some other people that we've referenced on this mm-hmm. show, and they've asked us to cease and desist being alive. For That's having true. said their names in That's the true. context of this show. That's very true. So thank you, Dimitri, for your yeah. kind. And Dimitri has a great article that's linked or a blog post, I should say, that's linked in our um um in our show notes where he went through and did a bunch of Bible codes himself and kind of helped debunk it in a yeah. really uh systematic and very accurate manner using his application, which is super neat. Yeah. Um and that application allows you to input any text. Really, and you can you can Bible code any text. You want to go Bible code a tale of two cities? Go ahead. Who knows? Um, a lot of fun stuff in that episode. So that was a really kind of fun little behind the scenes thing that happened. And then finally, number one for number the downloads. One here we go. Hollow Moon. The Hollow Moon. Ow. Ow. Um, I you know out of all of these, Andy, I'm a sucker for things like Hollow Moon. Um, there's how another- big a favorite was Hollow Moon. What was the gap between Hollow Moon and Bible Code? I don't think it was a very big gap. Okay. Um, not a lot of gapage between these, these top all right, five. All pretty close. All pretty close. But um, the each, Hollow Moon. Each one sitting there in that that's right. 15 to 30 download range. Yep. 15 to 30 download. Um, Hollow Moon is a great topic. I'm a sucker for just, it, it feels like, um, it just feels like it's, it, topics like that are taking an idea and then bumping it up to 11. It's not just that the moon is this or that. It's that the moon is a fake, spherical, alien uh, space station on the dark side of the moon. There's a fucking evil space force of evil dark fleet Nazis working with alien races. There's a galactic battle going on and the moon is a space station. It's like, it's not just that, oh, um, someone might have done some weird experiments on the moon at one point and we're trying to cover it up. No, the moon is a hollow space station that aliens put here. Like they just bump it up, and I I'm a sucker for stuff like that, Andy. Yeah, I'm a sucker for astronomical bodies. <laughs> Whoa, thank you. Did I make that joke during the episode? Probably. <laughs> I don't think you did. I don't know. <sighs> Who knows? It's in your repertoire. But yeah, honestly, dark or dark fleet, hollow moon. Dummy. I mean, it's the intersection of a lot of different stuff, and it's it's pretty funny that. You know, it's like you said, it's not just a, hey, what if the moon is hollow? And like thinking about it in terms of astronomy and geology and stuff like that. But it's like, yeah, but what if that's an extraterrestrial satellite? It's just disguised as a moon and inside is a huge intergalactic base, um, a staging area for uh, intergalactic war that's happening just outside of our understanding just outside i'm a sucker for it it's great i love it um well andy those were the downloads so kind don't of keep that on the download 
tell your friends. Not a ton of true crime. Yeah. Which might be a little bit different from the votes. Uh, it's it's actually pretty varied. You have yeah. a, you have a thing from different kinds of categories. You got history, mystery. Mm-hmm. You got conspiracy. You've got aliens. You've got yeah, really these a few downloads, different things. It's a lot of history. Um, yeah. You know, you can you can say like, you know, pre-Columbian discovery history. Oak Ridge National Lab had a fair amount of history. Project Stargate. I'd say historical. These are like real things that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible Code. Very historical. Bible. Hollow Moon. It doesn't get much older than the creation of the solar system. That's right. Well, um, I guess, Bunkfunkers, there's nothing left to do here other than to get to the votes. The votes. Hey, hopefully, uh, you know, we can just get through the votes and nobody interrupts us or does anything weird, you know, (laughs) that uh, might happen. But uh, I'd like to just get straight through the votes and then, you know. Yeah, we asked head you to, out of the bunker early today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we asked you to bunk the vote. We asked and, you to bunk the vote. You know, thankfully, you decided to bunk the vote. You did. Um, you know, I mean, sure, and we do. We appreciate it. Yeah, we do appreciate it. We threaten to vote or die. And honestly, if you didn't vote, get ready because retribution is coming, in one way or another. So, I mean, thank you all who voted, and to those of you who didn't, I mean, look out, watch over your shoulders. So, I'm going to say, be aware of your surroundings. Jesus Christ. Views expressed on this podcast are those of the co-hosts. I do not endorse uh, anything that Andy Hart has ever said in his life, ever. Oh, who are you? My mom? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you hear that? uh, It sounds sounds like something's on the roof of the bunker. What was that? Is that a... uh... Whirl? Huh. Oh. Uh, a raccoon? Wait, I just heard it. Yeah, that was the bunker doorbell. Oh, that's right. The doorbell that sounds like claws scratching against sheet metal. Such a weird sound for a doorbell. All right, I'm uh, going to go check it out. Are you sure? Yeah. I got a gun. <laughs> so I don't feel... A gun penis? No. Yeah. No. Doesn't feel good, does it? No, I don't have a gun penis. I have a regular handgun. See? Oh! Ah! Oh, right, right, right. Andy, quit fucking right? pointing that thing at right, me. Right, right, right. I should show you from the side instead of pointing the barrel at you. I'm still learning. I got it yesterday. Andy has a very sleek Walter PPK, uh, just like James Bond. Yeah. Watch out. I've got a license to kill. See? <laughs> oh, there it is right there. He's holding up his little license. Oh, he's putting it away. Um, all right, Andy, I guess... Okay, Andy. I know already, gun safety, you're always supposed to keep your finger on the trigger just in case you have to shoot something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I'll and, be right back. All right, go get the door, I guess. Okay, I don't know. I'm going. Uh, Andy, uh, bunkfuckers, Andy has left. Go get the door. I don't know who the hell is here. Uh, I think I see somebody approaching. I can't really... I don't... Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make out who is entering right now. Hello there, Hart! Do you recognize me? It's been a while. Uh, no, I need to get my glasses cleaned. I'm not, I'm not sure who this could be. Uh, it's me, Burger Chef.
<laughs> Holy fuck, dude. It's fucking Burger Chef. It's me, Burger Chef. Burger Chef is in the bunker. Yeah, I'm here. I uh, Somebody asked me to take a listen to your podcast because really? they said there were lots of references to Burger Chef throughout. Yeah, you were a mascot of a failed chain of, of burger chains out of Ohio uh, that had a wide array Indianapolis, of- Indianapolis, Indiana. It was out of Indianapolis? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, uh, Burger okay. Chef was the best. Well, I I don't know. I got a I, I, Burger Chef. I don't want to get into it with you. Um, you know, I um, but I I have to say I think Burgerini the the magician or the Burger Vampire I, whose name I don't remember. They might take a little bit of the cake from Burger Chef. In terms of what? I just think they're. You they're, think they're better characters than me? Well, I, I mean, I don't... Okay, maybe that was a little rude. This is incredible. <laughs> I can't believe you would even say that, Art. You know what? Let me back up. I'm sorry. I, I can be very awkward when I first meet people. That's a thing I'm working on. Um, you know, I'm just a little frazzled. My friends have been saying that I have a, pe- a gun for a penis. Um, it's just it has kind of fucked up with my head today. And um, That's fine. I don't mind. You... I have a knife for a penis. Not a spatula? No, that would be unsanitary, Art. Well, you're a very fun, awesome mascot for a burger chain. You have a fun little sidekick who's a teenage boy named Jeff. It's so sad what happened to Jeff. Oh, no. Oh, no. Burger Chef, what what befell Jeff? Where's Jeff? He was killed in Afghanistan. <laughs> he became an army ranger <laughs> after, after 9-11. <laughs> Wow. Wow. He was killed in an IED blast. Oh, God. That's awful. I was his legal guardian. Burger Jeff, you can't blame yourself for Jeff's. Jeff made the the ultimate sacrifice. We thank him for his service. Thank you, Jeff. He joined the special forces. I believe the Rangers are considered special forces, but I might get grilled for saying that. I might get, oh, but I'll get grill marks. <laughs> <laughs> I could top you with whatever toppings I choose. No. On my from my wow bar. No, no, no. Top your burger yourself. That was the real burger chef innovation. Was what? Make customers do the work. Right before yeah, right I before mean, the chain closed down, okay. I was working on a grill your own burger backyard experience. Where you would grill the burger and top it yourself. Okay. And I would just sit back and collect money. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Burger Chef, uh, you know, here's the thing. I mean, like, that novelty only goes so far, you know. You're not that innovative. Sizzler did a similar thing. Records does the same thing. I mean, Burger King does what you do. Yeah, but they don't love to see you smile <laughs> like I do. I'll do anything to see you smile. Anything? Anything. What? things have you done to make customers smile be honest you're on mr bunker's conservative podcast one of the most <laughs> in like hardest hitting investigative journalistic podcasts that has ever existed tell us burger chef what have you done to make customers smile i've procured drugs for customers illegal prescription opioids so you've dealt drugs that's what you're saying right now my brother medical doctor 
would write me phony prescriptions all the time. Jesus Christ. We're really getting into it. The fucking dark backstory of Burger Chef. There's darkness behind your eyes. You know that? I've given a lot of blowjobs in Burger Chef bathrooms over the years. Jesus Christ. I like topping my burger with strange men's cum. Goes down smooth. Like a Burger Chef milkshake. I don't don't know. I don't want to know what's in the ranch. The real triple treat is three men at once. Forget burger fries and a milkshake. Jesus Christ, Burger Chef, you are a complex character. Oh, my God. Almost as complex as the seasoning blend blend on our chicken sandwich at Burger Chef. Burger Chef. What? You, how does it feel to come clean on this podcast? I murdered Jeff's parents so I could adopt him. Jesus fucking Christ, Burger Chef. I've never admitted that to anybody. I have a way of making people be honest with me. And it has nothing to do with having a gun for a penis that's pointed at you. Yeah, I wish you would put your penis away. (laughs) Sorry. I won't put mine away. The knife ripped through my pants. Well, you don't want to get a paper cut. Or a little, you know, what do I mean? Like a little, little cut on your finger. Right. You murdered Jeff's parents to illegally adopt Jeff. What is your attraction to Jeff? Why are you so motivated? Answer the question right now. Burger Chef. From the very first time Jeff walked into a Burger Chef restaurant, I knew he had to work for Burger Chef and be the mascot. I was getting old. I had type 1 and type 2 diabetes. One's the kind you have to earn. Yeah. The other, you're just born with it. I had it and I got worse. I had hepatitis A through D, Mm -hmm. and I didn't think I had much time left. I'm truly one of the great mascots of all time. That's an argument. The greatest mascot of all time. That's an arguable statement. It's it's probably the greatest mascot. I mean, Count Chocula. Easily the greatest mascot of all time. You're not up there with Count Chocula. You're not up there with Tony the Tiger. You're not up there with fucking Ronald McDonald. I'm sorry. The Burger King. He's got king in the name. I'm an older man who cooks cheeseburgers. What could be better? You're delusional, man. I have glasses and a chef's hat. You're a gigolo. I wasn't getting paid. He's a fucking king. Fuck grimaces above you. You got to be realistic. I'm sorry to bring out the hard truths, burger burger fucking chef. Burger fuck. You make me fucking sick. Jesus Christ. You give mascots like them bad names. Well, you know what, Art? Fuck you. I'm going to start another chain of burger restaurants. Oh, yeah? It's going to be called Art Fucking Sucks. And our signature burger is going to be two all-beef patties. American cheese. Uh-huh. Lettuce. Uh-huh. Tomato. Uh-huh. Onion. Uh-huh. Ketchup. Uh-huh. Mayonnaise. Uh-huh. Mustard. All right. Relish. Yeah. Pickles. Uh-huh. Banana peppers. Oh, okay. Um... A lot of flavors. Jalapenos. Okay, well, now that's overkill. Olive tapenade. Two strips of bacon. An onion ring. Barbecue sauce. Hot sauce. My own special steak sauce. Oh. A filet mignon. Two chicken breasts. Jesus Christ, this is not even a burger. This is a monstrosity. And a waffle. 
And we're going to call it, <laughs> I hope Art dies, Burger. How does that make you feel? Makes me feel like I better unzip my pants and you and I should go into a dark alley. <laughs> I get it. Burger Chef, you are a delusion. You want me to suck your dick? Nobody can resist it. You are I wasn't drawn with teeth. You are a delusional madman. You are mad with burger power and you are sad. I weep for you. And I think the bunk bunkers do as well. Nothing in my you life. You should have let right. your legacy go down where it was. I lost Burger Chef and then Jeff died. Got nothing left. Where are Jeff's parents' bodies? And I swear to God, you fucking ground them into burger patties and serve them to your customers. Fucking sick fuck. Hop then with jizz that you got from some man's dick in a Burger Chef glory hole. Passing it off as mayonnaise. <laughs> you sick fuck. Where are their bodies? What's in the box? What's in the box, Burger Chef? You nearly guessed right, Art. Instead of grinding them up and serving them as food to my customers, which is what I originally intended to do, Burgerini made their bodies disappear to another dimension. <laughs> Someplace they can never be recovered. This guy is so good with magic. It's incredible. God damn it, Burger Chef. Get out of my fuck. Where's Andy? What did you do with Andy? I threw a couple of cheeseburgers out in the yard. <laughs> and he got very distracted. At first he threatened uh, okay. to shoot. At first he threatened to shoot me. Yeah. And then I tossed the cheeseburger like a frisbee and he chased it like a dog. Okay, I honestly, like, I'm going to put bygones on the side. Good move. Good move. Number one way to get Andy to go fucking settle down. Those cheeseburgers were made from the bodies of a, another person that I Oh, made. Jesus Christ. Burger Chef, get out of my sight, you sick fuck. It's been great talking to you. I it hasn't been. It's been awful talking. I hope everyone will remember fondly the legacy of Burger Chef and my chain restaurants <laughs> that failed miserably. <laughs> Get out of the bunker and never come back. All right. Tell Andy to leave those burgers alone. <laughs> Send, throw okay. a cheeseburger in here so Andy comes back in, please. <laughs> this one's made from a dog. <laughs> What's your cheeseburger? <laughs> <laughs> Andy! Oh, there was Art. Burger Chef! The, that guy throwing cheeseburgers around? That's yeah, Burger Chef? Yeah, that burger you just ate was made from a dog. Oh. The other ones were made from people. Wow. You're a cannibal. <laughs> Add that to the list. I like the others better, honestly. Might have to start buying some human meat. Yeah. That was pretty good. Juicy. Andy. A lot of flame-grilled flavor. You missed it. Burger Chef revealed his whole backstory. Burger Chef? Yes. The mascot from Burger Chef? <laughs> yes. Was here? Yes. You had a gun pointed at him. Yeah. I was ready to fire. Before I even opened the door, I said, I have a gun. And my finger is on the trigger in case I need to shoot you. Andy, Burger Chef revealed that he killed, he murdered Jeff's parents to legally adopt Jeff. What the and fuck? And then Jeff joined the army. He became an army ranger. Oh, shit. And died in Afghanistan. Jesus Christ. Not only that, Burger Chef sucked a lot of dicks. 
<laughs> passed the come off as mayonnaise. What? Yeah. And did these did burgers drugs. I ate have come on them? Yes. And he did drugs and he sold drugs. Holy shit. That was everything that was revealed by Burger Chef, a mascot for a failed burger chain out of where I learned Indianapolis. Wow. Burger Chef did all that? Yeah. I thought he was just a character. No, he's a real fucking person. I guess he is a character. Jesus Somebody Christ. Somebody called TBS. What the fuck, Art? Yeah, character's welcome. Yeah. Well, I mean, Andy. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. I need a little bit of time to process what I just learned about fucking Burger Chef. I'm sure you have to probably spend some time on the toilet after you just ate human flesh. Damn. We kind of accused him of being a pedophile, too. Probably add that to the list as well. He's an unsavory character. Let's say so. let's just put it this way. Kind of a jerk. Why? Kind did of he, a bad dude. Did he mistreat you? Yeah. Why? He he threatened to hurt me. He's gonna create a new he's gonna create a credit create a new chain of burgers, new burger chain, where he's gonna make this horrible monstrosity of a burger. Honestly, none of it, the flavors make no sense. Why? What was on it? Two all beef burger patties, American cheese, lettuce, onions, pickles, and relish, tomato. It's probably dill pickles and sweet relish. That's kind of weird. Mustard. (laughs) Mayonnaise. (laughs) Banana peppers. Jalapenos. Olive tapenade. Okay. He didn't say anything about a bun either, so I think it's just that. Just It's not even a fucking burger. So, I don't know. This Sounds good to me. No, Andy, you're not going to that restaurant. You can't support that restaurant, Andy. Andy, you can't support it. Look, sometimes we have to separate the artist from the art. No, you can't do that, Andy. Not in this instance. I'm just saying. What if it's a really good burger? It's not good. On paper, it's awful. Good. He made you eat people. Yeah, well, somebody was going to do it sooner or later. These I've was, been curious for a while. I mean, you know. It was well seasoned. All right. Well, Cooked bon- properly. Bongfunkers, we got to take a little break here. Just really fucking, tasty. We got to reset. I got to get Andy to drop the whole cannibal thing, and I need some time to process this whole Burger Chef thing. Also, I need to oil my dick. Um, so, what? you know, there's just a, don't worry about it. It's just a thing I do. It's an Italian thing. Don't worry about it. So, Bunkfuckers, we'll be right back with more of the 2022 Bunk Miss Recap here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Olive oil on the dick. I get it. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts 
to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend, and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bunkfuckers, welcome back. Let's get into it, Andy. This is your top, Bunkfuckers, this is your top voted episodes of this year, 2022. You spoke, bum, bum, bum. we listened. That's right. So we're counting them down. We're going number five to number one here on Mr. Bunker's Weekly Top 40. Let's start, Andy, as we always do with the honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. These episodes sucked ass and were not able to get voted into the top five. So they're basically trash and nobody should listen to them. But we're going to honorable mention them because they got close. There's some really good ones in here. Some good episodes on here. Um, <clears throat> in a little bit of overlap with our list from the the downloads... Uh, the first, well, maybe I should do it the other way around. What the fuck are you talking about? I was going to go, I was going to go <laughs> closest to uh, being in to uh, furthest uh, uh, from being. I don't, in. I don't remember. These are, these are in nominal order. Oh, these are just in an order. Yeah. Okay. There's no, uh. So we're starting first with a little bit of overlap yeah. with the list from the downloads. The vertical plane. Nope. Oh. Nope. What? Nope. We're on honorable mentions. Oh, oh, I'm in the wrong section. Well. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Holy fuck. Andy. Well, you goof. That concludes. That was you're the number goof. That was the number one voted episode. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're, you're a little frazzled because you just ate human flesh. Yeah, it's been a weird day. About it. It's been a weird day for me. Okay. Can't stop thinking. I can't stop having memories that aren't mine. Honorable mentions. Let's just group them all. We got some great ones here. We got Doomsday with Doom Montgomery. Doomsday with Doom Montgomery. Um, you 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 probably all remember this, mm-hmm. where we got our asses beat by professional wrestler Doom Montgomery. Yeah. for an entire episode. He's a sick fucking guy. He's a sick fuck. He's a serial murderer. Probably works with Burger Chef. And, probably. Uh, he's uh, a tearing wrestler. up Chicago style wrestling. Um, which putting is the, putting which the hurt is, down on people. Which is wrestling that happens in a deep pan. Yeah. Uh, where the cheese is on the bottom right. and the sauce is on top. Yeah. <laughs> that is Chicago style wrestling. 
Um, but we we talked about doomsday predictions and prophecies. Oh, so many. Yeah, have any you remember? Huh? Any that you remember? Yeah, I remember a lot of these doomsday uh, scenarios. Okay. There's no, no need to. Just as long as you remember. I remember them. <laughs> so the next honorable mention is the Dark Fleet. Ah. The Dark Fleet, it keeps coming back. I love Dark Fleet. We can't get us away from the Dark Fleet. Nazis in space is... What a stupid... Just It's just stupidity on, on a grand scale. It's so fun. It's so silly. And we've covered so many topics where the Dark Fleet shows up. Yeah. Basically, once you start talking about extraterrestrials... Yeah. Uh, that... I mean, really, any extraterrestrial race... Mm-hmm. You end up talking about the Dark Fleet in some way or another. Kind of. I mean, I agree, but it, this Dark Fleet really takes it to a new level where... You know, there are PowerPoints that you can buy for $20 off of Vimeo, which is what happened here in Dark Fleet. But it's just just the fucking the sincerity that they put into this and believe in this and how like there's just nothing tethering it to reality other than a little obscure piece of history that, yes, the German Nazis uh, in the early I think his late 30s, early 40s, did do an expedition to Antarctica. That's it. That's the piece of history. And then there was, you know, Operation High Jump. Right. And it just goes from there that there was like these space battles and they had alien tech and there's there's wars going on up in space that we're not even aware of. Right. I mean, it's just, it's wild. It's fun. It's like a super soaker backyard fight. You're going to get wet. You're going to have fun. There's a slip and slide. And somebody filled their Super Soaker with piss, but you don't know who it is. Ever play Super Soaker Roulette? No. That's what it is. You fill one with pee. But I did always piss in my Super Soaker. Did you? Yeah. I believe that. Coming in also out of the honorable mentions. We got, got a couple of true crime rounding out the honorable mentions A couple of true here. crimes. You got the Cleveland Torso Murders. That was a great one. Yeah, great episode. All a lot about... to dig into. Very meaty episode. Yeah, this was a uh, string of murders in the uh, <clears throat> early 1900s, basically, uh, 1920s, 1910s in uh, Cleveland area where, yeah, just essentially people getting murdered. And, and there uh, was like a really solid suspect who got away. Right. They, never they could never nab him. And it's sort of like, mm, Why? But then he's like, man, he really fit the bill. This also had a famous law enforcement right. official involved, Elliot Ness, mm-hmm. who was the chief of police at the time in Cleveland. And his bungling of the investigation into the torso murders probably cost him his chance at being mayor of Cleveland. Wow. And that's a very honorary title that, you know, I mean, what what else would a young highly boy ex- sought after? Yeah, aspire to be other than the mayor of Cleveland, yeah, or any city in Ohio, right? What greater uh, honor uh, could be bestowed uh, upon a person uh. than being elected mayor of Cleveland, <laughs> uh, or to have to spend time in Ohio? Um, finally, finally, the smiley face killers. This was suggested by friend of the pod, John Hendricks. John Hendricks, and. We took, might, a, we took a back seat on this one. We basically took a break for this episode. We yeah. we we introed it. Uh, we discussed it, but all of the research and everything was done by our friends Andy Hart and Art Stone over at Piss. Piss. People investigating suspicious stuff. Or whatever it's called. <laughs> whatever their dumb organization is, idiots. 
I don't know. We we still maintain contact with the guys from Piss. Right. People have asked that the Piss guys, they're very busy investigating suspicious stuff. Yeah, they're investigating a lot of stuff. And maybe allegedly, you know, uh, dealing with some uh, misdemeanor crimes where they were running a ring of 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 bingo hall scams, which may or may not have happened. We don't know. They, you know, they'll we email them, be like, hey guys, you want to come do another episode? And they're like, we don't hear back for like a month. And then they say this thing like, ah, I got court that day. It's sort of like, oh, like you guys are gonna go in and do you're gonna be like a witness? And they're like, nah, nah, yeah. I gotta get a new lawyer. And it's just like, oh geez, okay. Yeah, because going on. you know, because of their line of work, they're investigating things that you know the traditional law enforcement has maybe overlooked or right. or, or given up on. Because of their line of work, they're often slapped with um, you know lawsuits, civil lawsuits, um, alleging things like fraud and um, you know ethics complaints from all sorts of government bodies. And you know it's tough. It's tough for them because they're just trying to do their job. They're sort of in the line of fire. Some of these killers, of course, was about um, a string of of different deaths and murders, alleged murders. Murders Could have from, been accidental. <clears throat> murders from really all over the country, really. Yeah. Um, primarily in the Northeast area, I would say, uh, mostly. But um, murders could be f- from all over, honestly. Uh, and it's like uh, people who ended up dying in bodies of water. And there were also smiley faces, smiley face graffiti found somewhere near the body. So there is a suspicion that there could be some sort of ring of of killers or copycats or whatever uh, killing all these young people. Right. It's primarily young people. Great honorable mentions. A really nice, you know, smattering of different. Two, you got two, yeah. two true crimes, but um, a real different smattering of honorable mentions. But I think, Andy, it's time to, to bring out the Casey Kasem and get into this top five. It's time to bring out Casey Kasem, our special guest. Here on 6999 <laughs> WSEX So here he is, Kaisi Kaisom. Coming in at number five. We've got a three way tie. So there's a little bit of overlap with honorable mentions mm-hmm. for the for the for the um downloads. With this three-way tie. Now it's the vertical plane. Vertical plane coming in at number five. That's right. In votes. Um, tied with the Hinterkaifeck murders and the Calvin UFO incident. Uh, Bongfuckers, as always, here's a little, a couple of clips to help rejog the memory. For this three-way tie. Vertical plane, Hinterkaifeck murders, and Calvin UFO. Let's fast forward a bit here, Bunkfunkers. Ken and LW just, they continue to talk. We learn uh, through Ken's communication with Lucas that he intended Bracenose College in Oxford. Uh, the King's Sheriff is, Sir Thomas Fowlshurst. <laughs> I'm Sir Thomas Fowlshurst. Sir Thomas Fowlshurst, bring me a trencher. Another gallon of ale. Shut your gob, knave. <laughs> Lucas mentions a friend he knew at college who turned out to be Erasmus, one of the most important writers in the pre-Reformation era. Peter Trinder 
has, this is fun, has Ken ask Lucas to d- define the word Jake's uh, by asking, does Jake's mean lavatory, a.k.a. a bathroom? And Lucas responds like, yeah, I have one out by the pig shed. What the fuck are you talking about? So then Ken becomes worried that Lucas thinks Ken is a weird toilet obsessed peasant. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you asking me about my toilet, you freak? Little weirdo. <laughs> talking to this guy from the future. He's Man. obsessed with my toilet. Ken and I have so many of the same anxieties, except I'm super aware that everybody knows I'm obsessed with toilets. You're a toilet-obsessed weirdo. Peasant. Yeah, peasant. Um, But also, one thing that keeps happening uh, in the book is Ken trying to subdue the worries he has that a local friend of his, John, who is a guitar player, we mentioned him earlier, uh, and... Ken has these fears that John is secretly breaking into Ken and Deb's house every night, stacking their kitchen items and writing these messages on the computer, pretending to be a 16th century landowner named Lucas Wayneman, writing stuff in per- perfect old English dialect. <gasps> all, all in an attempt to steal Ken's girlfriend, Debbie. <laughs> He's Mr. He's Mr. Steal Your Girl. I mean, but look, if you had this stuff happening to you, the first thing you're thinking is like, oh God, this is a friend trying to steal my girlfriend. There is definitely like, that is like a vein that has already existed for Ken. And then this is just being, and we're not joking either. Those worries that John is out to steal Ken's girl come up a bunch in the book. This is one example. Uh, here's a quote. Walking across the city, up beyond the North Gate and the city walls, I thought some more about John, the guitar player. He could break in quite easily. He wanted to upset me so that he could appear smooth and clear-headed to impress Deb out of my life and into his. I tried to dismiss such thoughts as nonsense. Like, that comes up a lot. I tried to dismiss that those thoughts as nonsense and just believe I was communicating with somebody from the 16th century. You gotta worry about the Chad guitar player prankster who breaks into your house and constructs an elaborate hoax pretending to be a 16th century farmer named Lucas Wayman relaying messages across space and time via BBC microcomputer in order to make you seem like a paranoid virgin who believes in ghosts. It's all too common, Andy. I know, that's how I met my wife. <laughs> you she made was, another guy. She was dating my best friend, yeah. but I pretended to be... I pretended to be a ghost from the past who communicated to him from the computer and I broke into his house every day and stacked <laughs> stuff in weird or weird weird places. And so then he started believing And I showed up ghosts. and I was like, "Oh wow, that's not a big deal. You seem crazy. Uh my wife, are you okay?" <laughs> it also helps to just refer to people as what you hope they your relationship with them will be in the future. <laughs> now During the course of the investigation, more than 100 suspects were questioned about their possible involvement in the deaths of the Grubers. Those interviews revealed some interesting information about not only the farm, but the family who lived there. In the months and weeks leading up to the night of the slayings, a number of strange events occurred at the Hinderkaifek farm, none of which were reported to police prior to the murders. Now, as you've probably already put together, Maid Maria Baumgartner was murdered on her very first night working for the family. She just got there in the afternoon and was dead that later that night. The Grubers needed a new maid because the previous housekeeper, Christians Rieger, had quit about six months earlier, claiming the Gruber home was haunted. Whoa! Because she frequently heard unexplained noises and voices in the attic and felt like she was being watched. Sources also claim that after initially dismissing the former maid's concerns, the Gruber family eventually heard strange footsteps in the attic. 
When Andreas went to investigate, he found nobody in the attic and no evidence of anybody having been in the attic. Wow. A neighbor told police the family's patriarch had reported some strange happenings about a week before the murders. The most chilling of these was a set of footprints in the snow leading from the woods near the farm right up to the Gruber's house with no footprints leading away. Andreas searched Hinterkaifeck for any sign of the supposed intruder, but nobody was found. Andreas did notice that the lock on the tool shed had been scratched with metal as if someone had been trying to pick the lock or break it off the shed. Wow. Andreas also told his neighbors that one of the family's two house keys disappeared only a few days before he'd found the footprints in the snow. So the key comes missing. They find footprints leading up to the house that don't go anywhere. They go directly to the house, the back door, and then disappear. So he's like hiding on the premises? The thing that you would presume from all that information is that somebody obtained a house key, came in from the woods, walked right up to the house, entered the house undetected, and they never found them. Oh my God, this is fucking terrifying. (laughs) But hey, bunkfunkers, you've waited this long. Let's stop beating off around the bush here. Let's get to a new segment, a first of its kind. This is the Chad Kroger's Look at This Photograph segment. Ooh. Look at this photograph. Bunkfunkers, Andy has- That's all we're legally allowed to play. Andy has never he didn't look it up I I told him not to he has never seen the Calvine UFO photo before so we're gonna show it to him live we're Art, doing it live Art, <laughs> fuck it we'll do it live fuck it we'll do it live Art warned me if I looked up this photo in advance that he would spank my little bottom that's true and it was so tempting to look up that photo but I didn't we're gonna get his raw unfiltered uncensored reaction live on the air here on the Chad Kroger Look at This Photograph segment. Look at this photograph. All right. It's good that we're doing this uncensored because most of the time this podcast is so heavily censored. It's a very censored podcast. All right, Andy. I will now. <clears throat> I have my laptop in front of me. I have the I have the I have the photo. I will now. I'm gonna be I'm As gonna be, usual. I'm gonna be flipping around. As usual, the Art has a big photo up on his laptop that's sitting on his lap. <laughs> yep. And he's not wearing pants. <laughs> I, I will now reveal the Calvine UFO photo to you, Andy Hart, for your live reaction. Right, Here is three, three, two, one. <laughs> oh my God. Andy, can you please describe for the bunkfuckers what you're seeing? Yeah, what I'm seeing is a pregnant Sandy Cheeks Wait, what? walking with huh? uh, SpongeBob wearing like jeans and Uggs and carrying some sort of a backpack they're both looking at each other they've got big eyes and rosy cheeks and uh, they're walking in oh front boy. of an image of the smoldering uh twin towers wait a minute, wait trade a minute. center oh oh fuck whoops whoops sorry whoops i was uh that's uh something else uh another project art yeah, working di- on. Different, different different andy i will now reveal to you here on the chad kroger's look at this photograph segment The Calvine UFO photo. Wow. Bunk Buckers, Andy made a very like, I'm actually impressed face. Andy, can you describe for the Bunk Buckers in audio format what you're looking at right now? So there's obviously right in the center of the frame. I know, right? Suspiciously right in the center of the frame. Bunk Buckers. 
There is clearly a classic flying saucer design type of craft that's in the sky. What you can see is at the bottom of the frame, there looks to be uh, a fence row. Yep. Um, p- potentially of razor wire. Uh, with some posts, wooden posts in between. It looks like maybe there's a car off to the lower left corner or something. It's hard for me to tell exactly what that is. Um, yeah. But there, and in the upper right corner, you can clearly see that there is a tree, like a branch hanging foliage. down. There's some foliage hanging down. And then right in the center, it's clearly the sky. Uh, you can see this large, it, it's really large in the frame. It's not like filling the frame, but it's it's big enough to see. Right. Uh, it's, it's a disc shape yep. that's wider in the middle. So classic flying saucer shape. And it's on either side, top and bottom, there's one like dot is all I can make out to the, oh, that's the cursor. That's Never it. mind. So then lower and to the right, which looks like it's probably trailing behind rather yeah. than being actually beneath this craft is some other type of object that looks similar. It's much smaller, but it looks like it's a similar shape of flying saucer that's uh, bulging in the middle. Well, that's that. That's an, it's a very clearly an airplane shape if you were looking at it up close. Andy oh. and I are classically, I know a lot of you don't see this, but Andy and I are actually like 18 feet apart when we record. <laughs> Probably should have gotten closer together, but if you want to look it up on your phone to get a more better impression, Andy, you can. But um, anyway, wow. Well, that's, an air, that's an airplane. Yeah. The smaller thing. Right. Okay. What a reaction. That, Bunkfuckers, was the Chad Kroger Look at This Photograph segment. Look at this photograph. And, you know, I'm really the perfect subject for this segment because I'm known yeah. for my, like, emotional reactions right. to things. You actually, you made a face. I caught it. Yeah. You made a real face. But, it's actually uh, a good picture. It is. It's a good picture. Yeah. I can't wait to learn more about it. There's a framed up mystery. beautifully. <clears throat> well... Now, as Art said, if you have not seen this photograph for yourself, pause right now. Go look at it. Um, give yourself your own little Chad Kroger look at this photograph segment. Look at this photograph. Now, BFers, just what the heck is that thing? Huh? All right. Wow, those were great clips. Those were fun. I assume. So, <laughs> uh, you know... Obviously, we the talked. The clippage was major sweet, dude. I was narshing on those clips, my man. Well, the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. It's me, Polly Shore from the Goofy movie. Artie Shore. It's me, Artie Shore. Whoa. Gonna mosh on those clips, Max. Goof troop. We always stick together. Fucking love the Goofy series, dude. The Goofy universe. Fuck. (laughs) The Goofy expanded universe. Fuck. So good. These are great episodes, Andy. These are great episodes. These belong in a top five. We already talked about Vertical Plane uh, in the the downloads portion, how much we enjoy that story. Hinter Kaifek. Yeah. Um, Really creepy story from Germany in the 1930s or 20s, I forget. Suggested by Timid. Yes, Bunkfunker Timid suggested right. that episode. Really creepy story about a family that got murdered in their home. Still unsolved to this day. Definitively yes, unsolved. So gruesome. It was an axe <clears throat> murder. Yeah. Whole family chopped up and killed and right. it's in the snow and just it's full of creepiness and a lot of creepy stuff happening ahead of the murders. Yeah. 
A lot of suspects. Right. A lot of suspects. A lot of suspects. I mean, I think the you Nazis and I were, were very, suspected in this. Yeah, we were very People in the village. The, yeah, I know who it was. I think I went the route of saying it was that serial killer guy who moved to America. Right. And continued uh, murdering up and down the coast. Yeah. the uh, There was a, uh, um, I believe the book's called The Man, the Man from the Train um, that was written about this axe murderer in the United States in the early 1900s. I think early 1910s is when this guy was active. Started to get some law enforcement heat because he killed two whole families around the same area, like one in Colorado Springs and one in Kansas. And authorities started talking to each other about these murders because there were so many similarities. They were so close together. And then the guy sort of just disappears, you know, never shows up again. So the author of that book, uh, speculated that maybe the guy could have gone back to Germany and murdered these people. Right. There was also uh, that the German guy who was a mental patient escaped from a right. like criminal uh, sanatorium who or I think whatever. it's who you picked. Yeah. Um, you know, spotted later with lots of cash on hand, which is suspected to have been stolen potentially. Franks. Yeah, German Franks. I've been watching the show Dark. So I've been really engrossed in German. Deutschmarks. I don't know why I just brought that up. Dark's a really cool show. If you haven't checked it out. Bunk. Thanks. Shout out to Dark. It's all in German, though. So. I mean, you can watch it with subtitles, but that's lame. Instead. Go for German with subtitles. Or you watch it dubbed, I should say. No, what you should do is learn German. Yes. You should and then watch German. it. Um, Asshole. Was ist das? And then finally, I love this topic. This came to us from My Name is Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Um, Calvine UFO, who we joked on the episode. This is a fun little uh, interaction. We joked on the episode that, hey, oh, My Name is Tuesdays. You should change your name to My Name is Topics because you suggested such a great topics. They went and did it. Changed their name to My Name is Topics. The Mad Lad did it. It's very fun. I loved this topic it was a good topic there's no doubt about it it was a very high quality image of a suspected ufo it's so good when you first look at that image and what a fun story that like it just got revealed within like you know like i think it was this year yeah or if not only a few years ago it's very recent that people have been hunting this a picture that was lost to time for so long and they actually got it because some dude hoarded it yeah and when it was finally revealed, I just think it's such a cool photo. It's so cool. Yeah, it was a really cool photo. And there were some different suspects in this one, too. People thought that it was a secret uh, military aircraft project mm-hmm. that accidentally got captured on camera in a scenic area. One of those of spy plane thingies. Right. Aurora. Yeah, Project Aurora. That's it. Now, uh, I think on this one, you and I differed a little. Yes. You were feeling pretty good about this photo, and I was kind of like, it's cool, but it could probably be faked. You felt it was it was slightly faked. I think it was a legit photo of something. Yeah. I don't remember what exactly I said, but I definitely, I had a moment that you had with our Bob Lazar episode where when I was researching this, when you were researching Bob Lazar, you originally were like, holy fuck, this guy's legit. Yeah. This shit is real. Yeah. Same thing with me when I was researching the Calvine UFO boat. I was like, "How? look at this. <laughs> look at this fucking shit right here, dude. Yeah. As I was saying that to myself in the mirror. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Well, get down here, dude. 
And then you were like, Whoa. looking at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, major footage here. Great pick. This is gnarly. <laughs> I was doing that. But then as you start to really dig into it, you go, okay, this is probably a, but it's still cool. Yeah. Secret spy plane, man. Yeah. How often do you see that shit? It's pretty cool. If they did capture an image of a secret spy plane that they weren't intended to capture, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so those were good topics. Those were all tied for number five in top terms five. of votes. So all those are all top, top five. five. So our five is actually seven because there's a three-way tie at number there five. There is. There is. All right. So moving on. Coming in, our long-distance dedication. Coming in at number four. We're going to be looking at the only episode to cross over to both lists, votes, and downloads. Number four. Project Stargate. What do you guys think about having psychic powers? And if you could have your own psychic powers, what would you want? Would you want to be able to remote view? Would you want telekinesis? You can only pick one. Would you want to walk through walls? Would you want to, um, like, I guess... They can like read stuff that's like sealed in a box. So well, so, so I don't know what we'll call that ESP. The psychic. So there, I think we should differentiate between psychic okay. and superpowers. Because in in your example, wow. I, I know walking through walls was part of the men who stare at goats and part of this whole remote viewing capability. But that changes into a metaphysical thing where if you can walk through walls, you can Jeez. alter your chemistry or makeup of your body or physics of your body to move your atoms through the atoms of that wall. So that I think that steps into the superhero okay. category. Yeah, Superman Fair enough. Did that. I'd agree with that. I'll take that off the menu. So let's go with remote viewing, telekinesis, and um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, viewing like ESP, like reading stuff that's hidden. Like I guess X-ray vision in a way. I don't know. I have I have an answer prepared for this. Oh actually. fuck yeah! Let's He's go. breaking out the notepad that he wrote on his drive let's over here. I, I just go. I just recently had a nice forty minute or so long uh, debate with our our my brother in law about the best superpower. And to me, the best superpower would be the ability to read minds. Now, would that meet your scope? Yeah, that's would, that's te- te- uh, telepathic, right? Telepathic. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's ESP. I would ESP. put that under ESP, like you can read a mind. Okay. Yes. With, uh, with the caveat that it is the best superpower in like the real world. Like in our world, if I suddenly had yes. the ability to read minds, I could do whatever I wanted. Do I want to be rich? I'm going to sell things. Do I yeah. want to go get free gas because I manipulate the to the attendant at the the gas station? Yes. You know what I mean? Like I they're so like I don't want to pay for this, and you could just manipulate people yeah. all day long if, by like if I want to be a mind guy. and yeah, you could easily you could just easily be a supervillain. This is so, so apropos, Art. You're gonna love my answer to this. Josh's oh has God. to do with manipulation of other people. Mine, because he's more of a he's more of a thinker. He's more of an intellectual than I think I am. I'm more perverted. I want remote viewing 100 percent because I want to I see in those, you know, those college dorm showers. You know what I mean? What are the chief cheerleaders up to today? Exactly. He's doing porkies. You're doing porkies. 100 percent porkies. Doing, yes. Well, yeah. What was that? Uh, I think it was a Mel Gibson movie. It was like what what women want. Oh, yeah. What women want. You hear what women want. Yeah. But you notice by the end of that, he got almost insane because. Well, let's face it. What women want is really hard, even if you can hear their thoughts. Wow. What about you? Which power coming, would you coming want? this summer? <laughs> <laughs> Adam and Josh, we're just two, you know. <laughs> um, I'm going. You know, here's the thing: reading minds is 
um, is dope. And I totally see, I see where both of you are coming from, but the, the power of it is so, it's so great that I think it would ruin you because you would read your significant other's mind. You, you would be tempted to do it and just, and think you might think like, Oh, that's funny. But like after a little while, knowing what people can think would like fuck with your head. Cause it's like, you'd know who's lying to you. You'd know so many things. They would know that you can read minds. So they would like, you're, it would affect so many of your relationships. Yeah, look at so Sookie, look at Sookie Stackhouse of True Blood. She went crazy <laughs> yeah. by like season three. Yeah, she's the one who had fairy uh, powers or something. She was a fairy. Spoilers. Yes. Uh, if, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> from my 2006 bad. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and remote viewing, similar thing, but I still think it's cool. I'm gonna go with telekinesis. I think that's Ooh, fucking dope. Maybe. Sitting on the couch, lounging on the couch. I want to be able to pick up the remote and put it in my hand without having to get up. <laughs> Use the false, Luke. <laughs> yeah, literally, like yeah. lifting stuff. Like, yeah, but you can go in telekinesis. You understand? Well, it, let's say all three of us are sitting on the couch together. All right, we're 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 a living room. <laughs> watch. We, it's time for us to sit down. We got our beers. We got our drinks. Josh is manipulating art to make oh art God. through his through his tele, tele, telepathy to manipulate art into turning on the TV to the channel he really wants. <laughs> yeah. Art, you're using your telekinesis to levitate the remote to you while I'm facing the incorrect direction, staring at the wall, actually in the Miami <laughs> Dolphins cheerleaders locker room. So who wins in this scenario? I think Adam. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Clippage. What you heard in that clip? Um, What's up? I didn't hear me. Andy, you weren't on this episode. Um, That's why it was so bright and cheerful. What the fuck? You had episodes without me? Andy, there were multiple episodes without you because, uh, as we'll see, you took you took quite a bit of time off. I think oh. in this one, you were making fudge in your bathtub. Or, no, you had, I was, you had I NFTs, non-fudgeable yeah. tokens. Yeah, I was making NFTs in my bathtub. Which the fudge was made in your bathtub. Right. These were my non-fudgeable tokens. Yeah, you... you, you you had a little something. You got a little business bug earlier in the year where you were running around trying to do different things. You know me. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm a serial a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I've been accused of being a lot of serial different things. I've been accused of being serial followed by many different nouns. Mm -hmm. uh, and serial entrepreneur is one of them. I just, I just got to start businesses. You That's do. my thing. I'm very successful. Well, I've sold dozens of businesses, Okay, uh, which is why I'm a multi-trillionaire now. That's right. You are. Uh, in um in Burger Chef bucks, but um you know we'll see what the conversion rate is for those two uh, USD. But <laughs> trust me, I'm very well invested. Andy, this was a fun one. You you probably heard this on the clip, but we got into a big discussion because with the guys of the Twisted Ten, who are fantastic and um, we're the guests for this episode. I have met them. Um, this obviously, as we said earlier, was it was a episode about the CIA training mind control and telekinesis. We got into a long discussion on if you could have any of those powers, what would you pick? And so the three options, and obviously you were in a part of this discussion, which is why it went so well. And it was not one-sided. It was, you know, a, a fair discussion that had a lot of fair give and take, but <laughs> for now you said, now let's let you participate in on it where you could just run the whole thing like a fucking bulldozer and no one else gets to talk ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all coming out now. Never subtle. Anyway, just joking. Remote viewing, x-ray vision, 
telekinesis. What do you pick between those three powers? You could have any of those. You know, on its surface... And if you have any clarifying questions, please ask them. On its surface, x-ray vision kind of sounds neat. Yeah. But in reality, you won't be able to see a bunch of people naked. You'll see right through their flesh into their bones. It's not going to be that cool. And I don't know where I would use it. That's the thing. What... What, what are the, the practical applications? What for really are vision? besides spying on the locker room, Porky's style? But even then, you're just going to see skeletons. Okay, well, for the sake of argument, let's say that you can control the X-ray. <laughs> oh, it doesn't have to be skeletons. I can see through a wall, but I. Yeah, sure. Whoa, whoa, Mama, Mama! <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking, baby. Um. Okay, that changes my. So let me think. Th- think about this. If I can control the amount of X-ray. You're focusing in on x-ray, though. What about the other two, dude? Remote viewing is probably far and away my choice, I'm going to guess. Wow. Um, because remote viewing, as we've seen with things like Montauk, remote viewing could extend to the future and the past. It is definitely not you and a bunch of men having gay sex. It's definitely an not that. Bunker. It's definitely not us luring children to, <laughs> an, to an abandoned military base and having sex with them. <laughs> It's definitely us remote viewing. So remote viewing for me is probably number one. Telekinesis, pretty cool. Um, But it's kind of the same thing where, like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do with it necessarily. I think there's a lot you do with telekinesis, dude. Imagine you're sitting on the couch. The remote is on the other side of the couch. Right. Right there. Yeah. But if I have remote viewing... I don't need to ever leave because I can just watch the TV show anytime I want. In my <laughs> I think, um, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if, I can't remember if we put some parameters. I think most of us. Because you think remote viewing, like, yeah. I could go like six months in the future. Right. Check out the stock market. Mm-hmm. I could invest today in something and be out of the, you know, retired in a couple of years. Sure. You could do a lot of that. You yeah. could, you know. I mean, with telekinesis and or with x-ray vision. Been doing any of that. I think there's a lot. I think you're forgetting one thing though, is the the mental pressure. You have remote viewing and you're not gonna go do things to like prevent disasters and other things from happening. Yeah. I think that <laughs> I think the hardest part about having remote viewing would be like not accidentally viewing somebody have sex that you didn't want to see naked. Like just a, <laughs> okay, but what about like imagine your grandparents when they're elderly and you just act you have a stray thought about it and all of a sudden you're seeing him have sex one of the other options might have also been mind control i can't remember if that was this episode or a different episode but <laughs> mind control too i think we all decided was like that's too much power it's too much responsibility yeah that might have been a different episode i can't actually remember that'd be more personal than like way more per- but even remote viewing dude like i think it fucks with your head if you think like if you ever have a situation where you think somebody's lying to you Mm-hmm. Or you, you're going to feel tempted to spy on people that you are supposed to love and trust. Oh, I would. And that's going to fuck with your head. Yeah. Maybe not you because you're, be, you're basically like, you know, you're, you're like one bad day away from being Burger Chef. <laughs> you're like one person cutting you off in traffic from becoming Burger Chef is how I would describe you in most instances. Yeah. My life is teetering on the edge. <laughs> Always. You're like Nick Simon light. Right. <laughs> I'm on the Nick Simon path. Yeah. <laughs> you're on his 10-step program and right. you're like on 
Step number two. The Nick Simon baby steps. Yeah. No, I, I just think there's a mental pressure. What did you pick? I, I think I went with telekinesis. I can't remember, but that's what I would probably pick now. Because I think it's dope to be able to control stuff with your mind. Pick things up, move things around, make things float. Imagine moving, dude. You hate moving. Yeah. Do it with your mind. Where is the limit of your power, though? Could you, like, move the earth? I think you got to limit it a little bit to, like, certain things. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think the CIA cared. But I think for the sake of argument, we have to care. I guess x-ray vision would be the least demanding. Yes. Because you would just basically use it. I mean, you could probably get a job on like a bomb squad. You could get a job on a bomb squad. Everybody's dream job. And because it's a great place to, to scope out cops and look at their naked bodies under their clothes. <laughs> yeah, when that bomb tech has to wear that big, heavy, bomb-proof suit. You're always wondering, like, does What's that guy he look like underneath? You're always like, is that guy cut or what? Like, now you'll know. Now you'll know. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm still telekinesis. I'm going to go remote viewing still. You can't convince me. Fair enough. Mind control, I think it would be a mind fuck. Super big mind fuck. I mean, it would be hard. And then if you... Because there's going to be so many scenarios. Mind control... Very monkey paw situation. So monkey paw. Because you're going you're gonna to think like, okay, I'm going to control this person, have this thing happen. There's some unintended consequences. Like, you're like, oh, well, I don't want to go do this thing. Like, let me just mind control somebody to go pick something up for me at the grocery store. And then you get in a car crash. Like, not your, nothing you could have prevented. You know, just totally like freak accident. Right. And the person dies. Then what? You could get into that with remote viewing, too. Trying to see what happens to people in the future and then trying to change the future. Yeah. Anytime you can look into the future, it fucks with the past. Man, it's just like that show where that guy got that newspaper from the day, the next day, every day. Remember that? He got tomorrow's newspaper every day. Was it a Twilight Zone? No. This was a CBS show that ran for like years. Oh. The guy... (gasps) Quantum Leap? I don't know. It was called Daily Edition or something like that. Oh. The guy starts getting newspapers from tomorrow. He's always getting, he's getting the newspaper a day early. And so he's like, then he's trying to prevent. Change things that happen Like horrible, in the news. you know, catastrophes. I've never stuff. heard of this show. This is a bit? No, this is a real show. This show was on CBS. Swear to God. In the 90s, I think, or early 2000s. Uh, let's look it up. Show where a guy gets a newspaper tomorrow's <laughs> newspaper early edition set in chicago illinois get the fuck out of town when does when does this air early edition is an american fantasy comedy drama television series that aired on cbs from september 28 1996 to may 27 2000 wow that seems like a neat premise for a show set in chicago it follows the adventures of a man who mysteriously mysteriously receives each Chicago Sun-Times newspaper. I mean, okay. Sun-Times Not even the trib. Trib, I mean, okay. Um, the day before it is actually published and who uses this knowledge to prevent terrible events every day. Um, obviously, this stopped before 9-11, which is why 9-11 happened. Or otherwise... Thanks a lot, CBS. Or otherwise, the actor, Kyle Chandler, who played the lead role in this oh, would have prevented 9-11 I think he's in Friday Night Lights 
Let's see. Wuzzy, wuzzy, wuzzy. Yeah, Eric Taylor in Friday Night Lights. Well, he's also on Early Edition. Very fun. He had a supporting role in 2005's King Kong movie. Wow. Peter Jackson, King Jack Kong. Black. Yeah. And Adrian Brody. Um, the Wolf of Wall Street. Ooh. Leonardo DiCaprio, Martin Scorsese. Zero Dark Thirty. Ooh. Jessica Chastain. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Godzilla uh, versus Kong. Is that the Brian Cranston one? Um, anyway. Andy, a lot of fun. Check out the life and times of Kyle Chandler. Check out Kyle Chandler. Shout out to Kyle Chandler. We know you listen to the show. And shout out. Finally, shout about out. time we shout out Kyle. I believe um, we've talked about, you know, because we're friends with the Twisted 10 guys. Yeah. And we've had this conversation about like, who's your favorite actor. And I'm pretty sure all three of them said Kyle Chandler. Yep. So there Ubiquitous. you Ubiquitous. Yeah. Unanimous choice. Well, Andy, we should move on here. Moving on. Heading up to number three. That's right. Near the top of our charts, number three here on the most voted for episodes from 2022, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Checking in at number three is Ghost Blimp. I'll tell you what, Andy, I was researching, researching today's topic about the Ghost Blimp. I uncovered something really cool. Turns out, I found some old records from my great-great-grandfather, Artie J. Fitzgerald. Turns out, the guy was a singer-songwriter around the time of the Ghost Blimp story takes place. How incredible is that, Andy? I uncovered some lore about my own family. Your my great-great-grandfather, Artie J. Fitzgerald. Great-great-grandfather? Artie J. Fitzgerald. We're, of course, talking about the mysteriously lost crew of the U.S. Navy blimp who went missing in 1942, Andy. Yeah. Well, maybe my great-great-grandfather, Artie J. How old was he in 1942, by the way? Your great-great-grandfather. He's my great-great-grandfather. I don't know. A subtle, a, a suitable age to be a singer-songwriter of 1940s big band. Come on, Andy. Don't put down my great-great-grandfather, Artie J. Fitzgerald. Not just your great-grandfather, your great-great-grandfather. Yeah. Your great-grandfather's father. Yeah. yeah. It's the 1940s, dude. They're like a million years ago. Okay. What the fuck are you talking about? You nut job. You're a goof, dude. I found some of his records. Maybe it'll help. If anything, I don't know if it'll uncover anything about the ghost blimp. We'll see. But it will at least, at the very least, Andy, help set the stage for this World War II era history mystery. Are you ready? I, I got yeah. three of his songs. I wow. found three of his records. I'm going to play the first one for you. Wow. Just a snippet. I don't want to take up too much time with all these songs. Okay. So let's just play the first one. Yeah. I'm flying high, but I got a feeling I'm maintaining my altitude, floating right on course with you. Is lovely. Was he drinking? You are a blimp, and I got a feeling I'm maintaining my altitude. Show me your gondola, and I'll enter in a safe and vigilant manner. Wow, that was lovely. Wow. I mean, I guess this song didn't get much radio play because the whole idea of writing a love song 
Well, comparing your sweetheart to a blimp didn't really play out, but um, at least he said he would enter in a in a safe and vigilant manner. That's cool. He wrote song. He wrote a song about a blimp. I thought it would set the set the mood. Yeah, set the stage. Yeah, it did. You liked it? Yeah. You like my great great grandfather, R.J. Fitzgerald? Yeah, R.J. Fitzgerald. Well, Andy, we're approaching the end of the topic here, but uh, I have one last song from my great-great-grandfather, R.D.J. Oh, wow. Fitzgerald. R.D.J. Fitzgerald. I have not listened to this one yet. Uh, it actually was never released. Mm. So this is exclusive. From the vault. It's from the vault. It was never released. I think, I don't know why, but I guess we'll find out here. I'm a little nervous, but I don't know. Yeah, especially after that last song. Well, allow me to clarify my points. I thought it, was, it, had, I thought it had a nice catch to it. Like my great great grandfather seemed like a cool guy. Yeah. All right, here it is. This is a nice tune. Ooh. Oh, what a change! On a little radio cast just east of the Mississippi, spoke my great great grandson, who always had time enough to say. Tommy. Give me one dozen blimps. I love talking about blimps. And make sure that my co-host friend also does. It's you. Because my spirit will be listening. And if they don't talk about only blimps, you know I will be really pissed. There may be other topics later. Kind of think that there will. Uh-oh. But my great-great-grandson and his friend will think of me and blimps will be their only subject still. Give me one dozen blimps, or else I'll put my spirit foot in a metaphorical blimp and send it to the ones who should fear their ancestors, my great-great-grandson and his friend. Oh my god! Andy! What the fuck? That's me and you! Oh my god, Andy! My great-great-grandfather's gonna kick our ass! From beyond the grave. As a blimp. He's going to put it. I think what he was saying. <laughs> it seemed like he was going to. He's going to put his foot in a metaphorical blimp and kick our ass. Oh. Oh. I don't know. Oh, I see. I thought. Maybe that didn't come across. I thought he was going to put his spirit in a blimp and float through the ages to come and beat our asses. Either way, Andy. What a weird prophetic song. What a strange song. We we have to change the we have to change this podcast. We we should only be talking about blimps. This is going to have to become Mr. Bunker's Blimp Time podcast. My God, we're going to do only blimp based material. Yeah, days of ways. Let us know how you feel about that, blimpers. <laughs> Ghost blimps in bum, the sky. Bum, bum, bum. Um, boy, this is a fun episode. This is a silly, fun, fun episode. I can't believe that your great great grandfather, Artie mm-hmm. J.J. Fitzgerald, threatened me from the past. <gasps> well, Andy, I mean, you know, it's just that I, I just think that. Uh, and why did you only refer to me as your friend? Well, you're not my friend. I mean, it's yeah. debatable. I mean, Today, yeah. <laughs> Today, yeah. This was, uh, this, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I wish my great grandfather was still alive. R.I.P. R.D.J. Fitzgerald. Yeah. Rest in piss. Um, R.D.J. Fitzgerald. 
you know, very prominent um, singer-songwriter from the 40s, my great-great-grandfather. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, never got the radio respect that he deserved. Never got the airtime and the playing. And it's just, it warms my heart to know that he's getting the respect he deserves now on a on a top five recap list for a mediocre podcast. A low, wow. low performing podcast in the spectrum of podcasts. <laughs> and it's finally, it's good that your grandfather's finally getting this much deserved recognition. Um, little, you know, obviously a little inside baseball. Um, it, it was very difficult to transpose my great grandfather's records to podcast format. So some of you might be curious or curious on how we did that. Yeah. Um, you know, we are one thing I tried to do was actually to recreate some of those uh records. And so what I had to do was download a um open source AI program, which is actually really neat. I don't remember the name of it. But maybe I can look it up. I'll do it later. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, just, just Google like AI, you know, program that removes vocals. You'll find it. And it's, it's a huge program, but it works like a charm. It can remove vocals from songs or it can like separate instrumental tracks using AI technology. And, um, yeah, I had to, uh, had to use that to get those, uh, those old school records tra yeah. transposed. And I want to be clear that Art took the quitter's way out on this mm -hmm. because, when he first brought this up to me, I encouraged him to um, not do this with an AI, but instead to hire a big band mm -hmm. and resurrect his great-great-grandfather to sing um, for these records and just recreate them in a digital format. I even contacted a necromancer who I felt confident could bring yeah. Art's great-great-grandfather back from the dead. You know, I don't know. It's just that when I was talking to that guy, you know, Asmodeus, the necromancer, mm -hmm. he just, I don't know, dude, he was just giving me weird vibes. Yeah, he's kind of a weird guy. I mean, he was all creepy He's crawlies. been that way for a long time. We went to high school together. <laughs> you know, he was like real, he kept talking about my bone structure and he was like, oh, like your flesh. And I was like, stop saying that. It's called yeah. skin. He used to be a chiropractor. That's why he talks that way. Mm. I don't know. He just got weird vibes. I felt like he was, I don't know. He wanted to steal my corpse. <laughs> He's got so many corpses already. He doesn't need to steal any corpses. And the price wasn't right. Mr. Cheap Ass. <laughs> You know, Andy, I mean, this podcast makes over $3 million every day. I can't spend $5,000 per minute. And this guy is charging like fucking like, it's like love line shit. Like every minute it's five. Like, Well, how long is it going to take to resurrect a corpse, dude? It varies corpse to corpse. Well, that's ridiculous. Find a fucking standard and charge a very nominal flat fee and then maybe I'll consider it. If you want a good professional like Asmodeus, you got to pay the price. That's the thing is like, I don't even really know if he wouldn't even give me any references. He didn't have any like former His clients. clients are dead. I didn't want to talk to any. I couldn't he put me in touch with any of his former clients. How do I even know this guy's not a fool? <laughs> I don't know this guy isn't just you dressed up with a with a creepy sort of white 
long haired wig and like a goatee that's dyed pure black. Like you use just for men to dye a goatee pure black with long white hair. It, how do I know this guy wasn't just you in like wizard robes with a big orb and a big, big dusty book? Look, I know we look a lot alike, almost identical, but it's obvious from the clothing and the different hair that we're not the same person at all. And it's crazy to even suggest that. What do I know about the dark arts? This Asmodeus guy, at one point when I was talking to him trying to negotiate price, he went on this fucking diatribe about some fucking obscure fact that Brian Wilson at one point in time, while he was in his agoraphobic phase, may or may not have like, you know, used a similar book binding technique to the, it's like, what the, and it was like, he just went on this long story and it was like something, it was, to be honest, it's like something you would do. Yeah, he's a good dude, fellow Beach Boys fan. Knows a lot about the band. And then while I was trying to talk to him, he kept checking his phone, looking for the Ohio State stats. And I was like, well, are you a fan? Like, did you go there? We went to college together. I thought it was high school and college? Uh Uh-huh, high school and college. We were roommates. He was two seasonal wah? Yeah. That was him. Asmodeus. I don't know. I got bad vibes from the guy. Well, I wish you would have taken that So I decided to do the AI option. Um, this is a very fun topic. I think very silly topic. We had a great bit. Well, yeah. probably one of my favorite bits of the year, a bit we did. It's on so this. silly how those two Navy guys died. What a silly topic. <laughs> it's fucking silly, dude. So silly to slip out of a fucking blimp. Oh boy. Oh boy. Blimps in and of themselves are silly. A blimp is, is funny. It is funny. Yeah. We it's funny a- that blimps were, were instruments of war. It is funny to think of blimps being instruments of war. That's or right. hot air balloons. Because you're like, dude, all somebody has to do is get get like the best dart thrower at the local pub. Right. And you just pop that motherfucker. Yeah. You don't even need a gun. Yeah. But think how much easier a gun would make it. <laughs> Man, I could shoot so many blimps That's right now. That's true, dude. Like, you're floating in something that I feel like is like real easy to take down. I would not feel comfortable being in a blimp. Like, I would be in a blimp and I'd be like, well... Can we like put a shell around it? Like what the like? Can we get some Hershey's magic shell to put around this fucking thing? Because yeah, like, that's a little known fact is that in all these World War II dogfights over Europe between the Luftwaffe and the Allies, you know that's what scared the Luftwaffe away a lot is when the blimp showed up. <laughs> this thing that a a sewing needle could take down, right? Or a stiff breeze. <laughs> It's a little too windy. <laughs> it's a little too windy. We can't take out the blips. I don't know. No, we did a bit on this episode that I think is underserved. Um, might even take best bit of the year. Who knows? Whoa. Um, vote for that. Vote for that, Bung Bungers. But um, it was probably in the clips, but it's us talking about Darth Vader taking force shits, <laughs> which is just a concept that I don't know. I want to revisit again and again in my life. <laughs> Can the Jedi and the Sith use the Force to blow excrement out their assholes? Does are there any Star Wars nerds out there who know whether they've ever used that? Has is there ever been a Sith Lord who's been known to take massive Force farts as a form of attack? Darth Odious, <laughs> dank Odious. The uh, the idea that you could just take a normal shit, which is what was proposed in the episode. 
Darth Vader could just take a shit. He's just he's but doing force shits. He uses the power of the force <laughs> to <laughs> blast the shit out of him. This sacred magical force that is only bestowed upon a lucky few people who who can call into it, <laughs> it and flows. he chooses to use it to force shit. It flows through all things in the universe, yeah. and he's using it to fucking choke people from a distance and to blast shit out more strongly than his own body could do. And the fact that there is an officer aboard their starship or whatever the fuck they're on, whose job it is to clean Darth Vader's shit bowl, you know that there's a guy, he's like, oh, fucking, she's like, Darth yeah, what is it? Well, they fed Darth Vader liquid Indian food again. <laughs> like, you know what that means. I'm going to be up all for I'm not, honey, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to be home for dinner. It was liquid lamb vindaloo. Yeah, they fed him liquid the lamb vindaloo stuff. again. The, um, you know, <clears throat> one of the things with Darth Vader is that he lives in that clamshell. He does. And if I were him, I would always do like Venus in the clamshell every morning when somebody was coming to like help me get ready you know where you he's do like what? standing there like covering his his like burnt off dick oh yeah you know like that famous painting mhm the b- birth of venus yeah that's that's that is what he should do and i would like to see that and now if only you know disney would put their money where their mouth is and show us the shit we really want right what the real star wars fans want right we've already seen all the stories we want we want more movies and TV shows about the very super detailed daily <laughs> lives of the most famous characters from the universe. Yeah. Like, How they get dressed in the morning. Like, why don't we ever see Chewbacca eating breakfast? Sitting <laughs> there reading the newspaper. You know, I've never seen the Star Wars <laughs> Holiday Special. Have you ever seen it? No. I understand that it, there's an appearance by Chewbacca's grandfather or father, and at least colloquially, I guess what happens is he shows up in the holiday episode. <clears throat> he watches pornography. He jerks off, and then he's gone. Really? And that's the only like official appearance he's ever made. Seriously? In media? Yeah. They did that. I don't. I don't know the context. I've never seen it. Man, I would love to know the history and the context of what of that holiday. Like, imagine that. Like that's like basically modern day. Like them putting out. And I mean, they did this. Like Disney just did this. They did a holiday episode of Guardians of the Galaxy. That's not the same, though, as the Avengers. That would be like if the Avengers or if the Harry Potter movies did some like very cheesy, stupid holiday special. Yeah. Like, whose idea was that? Because it was like this abysmal, horrible thing. Yeah, it sounds like the execution was horrible. And it makes no sense. But maybe actually uh, it's better that it was horrible. That's true. In the long run. That's true. It made it a little bit more memorable, I guess. Yeah. If it had just been average... It's like if you're going to make something, you either got to make it good or you got to make it really, really awful. It's true. Because if you make something mediocre, nobody will remember it. It's a good point, Andy. It's like this podcast. Mm-hmm. Mediocre. Right. No one will remember it. I don't even remember week to week that this thing is happening. Well, Andy, do you remember what came in at number two? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It was Darth Vader and a force shit. <laughs> he forced <laughs> a number two. Coming in at number two, second from the top. Was this hit episode from 2022? What did they do? Lost Dutch Girls in Panama.
Have you ever done any, like, have you ever traveled anywhere and been in a sketchy situation? Because I do have a story like that, but I'm curious if you have ever traveled somewhere. <sighs> you know what? In a very foreign area, and then you're like, I should not fucking be I here. mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, I lived in Chicago and New York, so there's definitely, every right. once in a while, you turn a corner. You've been in some areas... Yeah, of of Brooklyn or the Bronx. Where you're it's like, not even about the areas sometimes. It's just like you catch a vibe on a, you turn a corner and all of a sudden you're like, what's going on in the street? I mean, one time. Yeah. One I've time a guy, I have no problem saying this on air also. One time a guy, uh, I walked home like drunk after a date through an area. I wouldn't usually walk through, but it was fine at midnight. And then this guy with a backpack approached me and was like really pushy about trying to sell me drugs. And um, I was like, no, no, no. Like I was just, but I was like talking with him because he wouldn't like leave me alone for like several blocks. And then I was coming up to my apartment and I had to make this decision of like, well, I don't want him to know where I live. Right. And yeah, also, but also like, I don't want to just keep walking around with this guy. You know, so, um, you know, I bought some weed from him just so he'd leave me alone. So I was like, all right, I got $10, you know, but it was like, it was literally, it it was just because I felt unsafe and I felt like I had to appease him. You made the right move. I mean, actually, I bought more from from him, but I'm I'm not going to say that on air, I guess. It it was a safety in. thing. I fl- I flushed it down the toilet. Not the weed. The rest. <laughs> what? I bought acid from him. Okay? Uh, he was very pushy. Okay. I can I can cut yeah, that. You out. can keep right. it in. I, I don't care. What the fuck I'm wearing said. a tie-dye shirt. Everybody knows. Um that is very fucking sketchy, Ian, but uh, good for you for, I guess, getting out of the You've situation. You've never bought drugs um, from someone just so they'd leave you alone, Art? <laughs> no, I've never purchased drugs uh, besides from a pharmacy, uh, a reputable pharmacist, um, which, you know, who knows what That's those true. are That's true. That's a whole other mess. Me. Maybe, maybe the other drugs would be, you know, just as good for certain things, but... Um, uh, no, again, the Scotland story, I was in Scotland for, I don't remember how long I was there. Two weeks? I don't know how half? long you were there. Something like that. I was performing at the Fringe Festival. You performed at the at uh, Edinburgh? Technically. I didn't know that. Uh, I performed as part of a arm of the Fringe Festival called the American High School Theater Festival, <laughs> which is a part of Edinburgh's Fringe Loser. Festival. Now, no. Okay. Ian, I still got to do all the things the fringe performers got to do. I got to advertise. We got a block every single day where we got to advertise our show on the Magnificent Mile there with all the other performers. I got to go see all the different fringe acts. It's one of the coolest things in the world. I encourage everybody to go do it as some kind of big plan if you ever want to go do something really fun. And worldly and see a bunch of it's not just theater. It's it's comedy, stand up, uh, variety shows, sketch shows, puppet shows, fucking weird, fucking weird Shakespeare. We like anything in the world that is performing arts. 
The Fringe Fest has it, and it's really, really fun. But we were at the opening ceremony. Um, so again, this is the same crew, high school crew that went and dude. Uh, opening ceremonies are sketchy, man. You got to stay away from those. Yeah, it was really the opening ceremony. No, I uh, and it was it, it ended very late. It had to be a little bit past midnight, and I got separated from my mm. crew. And so now I am walking through the streets of Edinburgh, which I am not very familiar with. Now, I am a decent navigator. I am a good landmark navigator. So <laughs> Amelia Earhart staying... could have used you, am I right? <laughs> yeah, she could have. I would have been a great companion. Well, navigator. It was like her um, navigator fucked up or something. Anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten her. I would have. She wouldn't be a fucking story with me. I'd get through the Bermuda Triangle. Just, I think she did too. She um, probably crashed in the Pacific. True. Well, maybe one day we can cover that, Ian. Seems like you're in that Hell no. story. Maybe Mr. Bunkle will have you cover that fucking topic. <laughs> um, I'm a good landmark navigator, so I can find my mm-hmm. way home by memorizing landmarks and knowing, oh, oh, I need to turn right here. Oh, I turn left there. And so um, we were staying at the, I think, the University of Edinburgh, which is... Not a ways, maybe a mile. I don't know. I remember. It was a ways away, maybe a 15 to 20 minute walk away from the like big Edinburgh castle or whatever the fuck it was where the opening ceremony was at. But I'm walking through the streets of fucking Edinburgh and like it's a little sketchy just because it's foreign and I don't know where I'm at. And then like I'm walking past all these pubs and like this like completely fucking Mm -hmm. drunk dude just like he like popped out from the shadows and went boo and like did that to me and it like kind of went, I kind of went like oh fuck <laughs> that's it wow it was fine otherwise that did not a very exciting story there was lots of people around because everybody was at the opening ceremony and now there's this mass mm-hmm. like end of Lollapalooza end of festival where it's just mass people walking through the streets so oh well I felt safe being amongst numbers right. But I also didn't know where the fuck. No, it's I being was, alone so. that freaks me out. When yes. yes, two in the morning on a street, and you're like, mm, right. "There's no you're one." The only around. one out there. Yeah, right. I've had those in in uh, certain areas of the cities as well. You're like, "Oh, I made a wrong turn, and I'm walking the wrong way in Rogers Park. I should oh. uh, <laughs> I, sh- I should not be around here." One of, <laughs> one of the most fun things when I lived in Logan Square was uh, I used to go to a friend's house and watch basketball games or Game of Thrones. And uh, she lived, I don't know, it was like a 15-minute walk north from me. Um, oh, your place in Logan was in kind of a... Yeah, I mean, it's really nice. It's really area. nice now. Um, it's nice yeah, now. it's <laughs> like they built the uh, 4606 when I lived there. Oh yeah, yeah that walkway yeah. So the, thing. All yeah. the property values just skyrocketed at that point. But um, so I I would walk uh back from her place. I'd usually be a little drunk, and it was like fine. I'd walk back at like two or three in the morning, and then one day I learned that twice in a week along that same route in the middle of the night, a van pulled up, snatched people off the street. And would drive them around from ATM to ATM, making them take money out. And then they dumped them fuck, somewhere. Dude. And I was like, I am not walking that route anymore. I'm not walking anymore. Uh, I'm riding a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I did start biking. Yes. 
Panama. Oh, it's Sammy Hagar. Panama. Panama. Another episode I was not on. You were starting a OnlyFans for mascots. Speaking of Burger Chef. Yeah, this one was where I got the mostly the Ronald McDonald characters. Yeah. Um, and I had all this hot content of you them. Had this hot content. Having sex with each other. Yeah. That didn't go so well, did it? It didn't go great. I mean, there was there was some interest, sure. Was it as successful as I would have liked? No. It was hot, though. It was very hot, scalding yeah. hot. Yeah. Um, I got a rash on my penis from jerking off so much to it. Jesus Christ. Well, that's where you were this episode. This was an episode that we uh, brought in uh, pinch hitter, pinch, pinch hoster. Pinch hitter. Pinch hitter. <laughs> Uh, Ian Hamilton. Yeah, Ian Hamilton. The uh, world-famous Ian Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, this story, Andy, obviously you don't listen to the show, concerns itself with two Dutch girls who went missing in Panama. Hence the title, Lost, Lost Dutch, Dutch Girls, girls in, Panama. in Panama. Yeah. Um, but the, the method by which they went missing was incredibly creepy, very detailed, and incredibly tragic. Um. You know, at one point, possessions of theirs were found in different places. There's a bunch of bleached bones that got found, mm-hmm. and, but their bodies were never truly recovered. And there are some unbelievable, you know, we love a fucking sleuth. Yeah. We love a sleuth. We champion, we stand sleuths on we this show. We stand sleuths. And there were some incredible internet sleuths for this one. Entire blogs, YouTube videos written to dissecting this case. Um, ultimately though, it is a very tragic tale, which led us to sort of conclude that likely, unfortunately, the girls got marked early Mm -hmm. by staying with a pretty unreputable source who was connected to some kind of local crime organization. They got marked and were either, you know, captured for ransom or, you know, just marked to like steal their stuff. Right. Right. And it sort of led us to a pretty interesting discussion on sketchy situations, right? Like this is, you know, we like to think that wherever we go, we're invincible or that bad things, you know, humans often don't think that bad things will happen to them, right? You think like, well, that just happens to other people. But Yeah. You know, this is why I think it's important to be aware of your surroundings. But Ian and I kind of started discussing like, oh, have you ever been in a sketchy situation where you were like, huh, I probably shouldn't be here right now. And we sort of wondered if, you know, the lost Dutch girls ever kind of felt that themselves. They likely did because they were being like, they were kidnapped at one point and being dragged around to different places. And they like took photos of it, things like that. They were trying to escape. But Andy, you obviously were not able to participate in this discussion. You ever been in a sketchy situation where you were like, huh, probably shouldn't be here right now. What was your answer to this question? I don't remember. I'd have to think. I I have, it's in there, bunk bunkers. Go find it. But I, I don't remember what it is. I have been in a sketchy situation. I think everybody's probably been in a sketchy situation before, right? Where you feel like this, I I should probably extricate myself from this particular situation as soon as possible. Um, for like a notable example, um, geez, let me think. Sketchy situation, um. 
I probably haven't had that many. I'll be honest. You've I, had weird situations where like different people have propositioned you. You've been on the train before. I probably brought up a train scenario. Yeah. You know, obviously I was attacked on the train at one point in time. Yeah, trains. That wasn't one. really a scenario where I was like, man, hmm, I shouldn't be here. It was more of like, oh, I just got punched in the face. I should probably egress. Yeah. I took flight. I, think I did so, not take fight. You know, I think I think sometimes your spidey sense starts tingling on the train and you oh, get off yeah. the train. You know, I mean, obviously we both frequent train riders here and this happens uh, all the time where, you know, a somewhat disturbed individual suddenly those fucking back doors open yeah. that aren't supposed to open and then somebody walks through and they're I yeah, I probably brought up this one time where and you're I like, had, "Oh yeah, hey, the next stop is actually my stop." <laughs> I'm going to just get off there. You just get a guy who's just, uh, he's not having a good day and he's getting in people's faces and he's exposing his penis and he's um, getting real aggressive and angry. Yeah. I've had, yeah, times where. Yeah, I ride the train a lot. <laughs> You've been, I've, one time I was in one where um, I was sitting across from someone and they were like openly threatening to kill all the other people on the train. <laughs> like saying that they were going to do it. Right. Right then and there. I was on the train one time and it was on fire and I didn't get off. <laughs> yeah. That was a sketchy situation. I probably should have gotten off the train. Yeah. Smoke was starting to pillow into the train and I stayed on it for multiple stops, as did other people, which is such a bizarre thing of city life. City life. We were just like, eh, whatever. They'll stop it when it's a problem. Yeah. Turns out, you know, there was an electrical fire going on with the train. Right. What about you, Andy? Well, um, you're right. I do. I do. I do get, I don't know. I feel like, and maybe this is me having like main character syndrome or something, mm -hmm. but I feel like I tend to attract weirdos. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like being out in, in society, um, for whatever reason, I have some sort of magnetism to weirdos. I think it's because you're a big doofus. Um, and you easily look like, so, you look like a mark. You look like a big doofus and a big mark. And I think if anybody on the planet even so much as remotely does something to you, you will respond to it and uh, yeah. chat them up. Oh, hey, how's your day going? I'm Andy. This is a big <laughs> development for me is just like ignoring people. <laughs> no, I'm like half joking. But like you are a very chatty Kathy. I did something the other day on the train that I almost would never have done. Oh, what's that? Years ago. You've learned. Some guy... Just starts. I'm not paying attention to him. First of all, like you're I'm not, like you're like every other train goer. You're chilling, looking at your phone. Yeah, just trying to get from A to B. Yeah, I'm reading something. And okay, well, let's not on my phone. Yeah, you're reading Hustler, right? <laughs> my digital copy of Hustler. You're reading. I did have my hand down my pants. <laughs> the um, you're reading something, and this somebody started. Hey man, man, hey, hey, hey man, hey. And I'm just, I'm like. I don't know that he's talking to me and I'm to the point where I don't look at somebody when they say that now, because I'll assume they'll do something else to get my attention. Right. 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 If they want my attention, well, he keeps saying it. So I look Pack over train or low, 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 no low, low capacity. Only like five, six people. Ooh, that's, this is sketchy. Hair on the back of the neck is standing up. I look at the guy. He's like, all right. And if you don't know anything about, if you don't know anything about Chicago, Mm -hmm. and the trains so i'm at the, i'm very far north in the city and guys asking me uh how do i transfer to the pink line 
Which is not something the that pink, connects the, in the pink north line the goes around the loop and it goes west. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes through like university. Uh, it goes by the University of Illinois at Chicago, right? Campus and it goes out further west, right? Um, Point is, is it it connects downtown and you're nowhere near downtown. Uh, we're way far north. Yes. And this guy's like, well, hey, how do I, how do I get there? Like to connect. And I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, well, what you've got to do. And I'm like trying to think of the stop name because, you know, like when you get in the loop, they're like, yeah, you're going around and they all, there's like, it's, it's like, all, it's all the, I always confuse. I, I it's like Clark and Lake. And it's like, and Lake. Yeah. Find Clark, find state, find Wabash, find Washington. And it's you, like, I got to think about out. which one you can transfer yeah, and which direction you're going to go. Quincy. They're all the fucking same thing. So, Van Buren. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you got to be in the loop. And some other guy says, yeah, you can transfer at like Clark and Lake. And the guy's like, oh, wow. Thank you. I said, yeah, Clark and Lake. So just like go, go Clark and Lake. You, I said, I think you'll probably have to get off of this train, go down in the station and go around to the other platform. And he's like, wow. Is it me? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then he starts, he's like, I've been on this train. I've been, I've been, I've been trying to get to this, to get to the pink line for so long. I've been on this train for three hours or something like that. And I was like, like in my mind, I'm like, how is this possible? He made it seem like days he's been trying to get to the pink line. Like this is the journey of his I life. I traveled all the way from, uh, I heard out in California they got the pink line. Yeah. And he's like, but now I'm going to, now I can we do fought, it. We caulked a river to come across. Now, now I can do it. Now I'm going to do it. And I'm like, yep, today is the day. And he's like, wow, today is the day. And so then I'm like, yep. And then I just like go back to my phone, you know? You would, originally you would have sat there and kept just he's trying to engage. So I would have felt obligated. 100% he's trying to engage you. So now I just like say it offhand thing and like start ignoring him again. So he gets up and he walks to another part of the train and he starts talking to another guy over there. And this guy is extolling the virtues of some train stop, like, because they're both, I don't know. They have some situations going on. I don't know exactly what it is. I think the one guy that started talking to me was drunk at the time. Mm. Because it seemed like he had a bottle of, like a small bottle of liquor around his neck or something. I don't know. A necklace. It was was visible. I wasn't trying to stare. So then they start talking. And at first it sounds like they're arguing with each other. And I'm like, oh God, (laughs) I don't have to get off the train. And then, um, you know, eventually they get, they start getting philosophical. As these conversations always go, if you've ever, if you've ever been on the public transit, you know what I mean? (laughs) It starts getting philosophical where he's like, well, here's your problem. (laughs) Where it's like diagnosing this whole guy's life. And he's like, you're so right. You're You're so, so you're so, you act like you're so tough, man, but really it's all insecurity. Yes. This literally could be dialogue from that (laughs) conversation. So eventually the other guy gets off and this, we're just left with the original guy who was talking to me. And I've got f- several more stops to go, right? Oh, my God. This is awful. So he starts smoking, of course. This is such a nightmare. That's, that's the natural progression. I start smoking then. Cigarette? I don't know what it was. Probably a cigar or something. Oh, okay. It felt really hard, and my lungs hurt when I got off the train. It's too much smoke. I don't smoke. It was filling up the fucking train that oh, bad? I mean, it's like, yeah. Holy shit. He's just smoking away. Somebody gets on eventually. He has to use that person's phone. I'm like, oh, thank God he didn't ask me to use my phone. Because I did that once on the bus. Here's a situation. Somebody asked if they could use my phone. I said, sure. I gave him my phone. I remember this. And then he starts 
talking really loud on the phone. Yeah. And the bus driver's like, shut up. You're being too loud. You're disrupting everybody. And the guy gets into a fight with a bus driver. I'm like, can you just give me back my phone, please? <laughs> so anyway, he starts talking to this woman on the phone. The other guy was smart. He just like put it on speaker and like was holding it so the guy could like talk into it. Then he starts yelling at the the woman on the other end of the line. Like, a, I don't know. He's He's trying to explain to her that He's on his way, but he got lost and couldn't find a pink line. And it seems like maybe he was supposed to get a child to school that morning. And then he's not going to now. And she's mad. Well, you don't need to go to school. And then he tries to do a 180 on the situation and says, this is your fault. Wow. Because you can't get up in time to go to work or something. And I was like, oh man, I think that's the wrong choice in this situation. Yeah, escalate the situation. You've, there you you've go. You've literally told everybody on this train you've been riding the train since 3 a.m. and you can't find the pink line, even though this train, like, you've been in the vicinity more than once at this point, I would have to think. So, like, I don't think that you should be flipping this around and blaming somebody yeah. else. So, I don't know. Then eventually I got off the train. Yeah. Or he got off the train, actually. At the stop he was supposed to. Well, good for him. You helped somebody out, Andy. But I attract these people. You do attract them. And so that was one instance where I didn't indulge it. I just avoided it. Um, you know, you brought this up earlier. You teased this for me. So you planted the seed in my mind. That I got propositioned to do a threesome at one point. Yeah, that was of a fun a, one. Outside of a CVS. My wife and I were there. We were just routine shopping or something. I don't know. Walking around. It was, I think, in the summer. Fucking bumbling through. And, uh, yeah, some guy just stopped my wife and starts talking to her about how beautiful she is and uh, asked her if she... Like, I'm standing right there. You got cucked. Yeah, he's trying to cuck me right in front of my face. And she's like, well, I'm married. And he's like, oh, that's okay. Both of you can join me. And it's like, oh, oh, no thanks. I wish I could remember now what the guy said. It was really I think weird. he wanted to take you to the beach. That's That was a big component of it. Is and he, you guys were like, no, nah, we're not going to the beach. He was propositioning my wife to take her to the beach and stuff. And she yeah. was like, no, I don't think my husband would like that. This guy that's like literally standing next to me. This and fucking guy. This fucking idiot over here. With his hand on his pants. She's like, if he wasn't here, I'd be fucking you right now. Because he's such a piece of shit. But <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, you do. I mean, you know, you do attract. I think you do attract. You've, you've people. been, you and I have been out in the world a lot together, so you've seen this in action. Fortunately, well, yeah. I mean, you're just a you're a peculiar guy. You stick out like a sore thumb. You don't blend in at all. Yeah, I don't fit in anywhere. If you we were a herd of zebras, you'd like be eaten immediately. Oh yeah, and I deserve <laughs> it. This is the proof that you know if. Humanity but you was also subject- bring it upon yourself because you engage. That's the thing. Someone engages you, you engage. You don't have the city it. thing of like, no. You just say no and you keep going. And it took just- a long time to develop it. It's the Midwestern like upbringing. It's the Midwestern thing. Small town Midwestern upbringing. Mm-hmm. I feel that urge to like interact with people. You do. I got to be polite. You got to be polite. God it's not, forbid. Not polite to say no thanks. Or it's just not polite them. to say no, you cannot have my fucking phone because I know what the trick is. Yeah. You know, I don't other, feel comfortable with that. The other classic trick, a uh, Mark trick in the city, is you know people coming up to you, wanting to like just act like they're asking you. That happened. I think that happened to you, right? Or maybe it was me. No, it happened to another guy. I saw it happen on the corner. We've talked about this on the show where the guy was like, 
hey, let me ask you something. The guy immediately was like, no, like I'm not interested. Sorry. And then the guy was like, oh, what? You think I'm going to ask for money or something? And the other guy was like, well, and then he was like, I mean, yeah, that was part of it. But like, you know, it was like one of those things. <laughs> so funny. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you for money now that you mention it. But I still. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a very interesting sociological <laughs> thing. We've talked about it a lot. The other day. Here's here's the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like I'm walking to work. OK, uh -huh. it's early in the morning. Uh huh. You know, it's, it's your time right prowling. Now. I'm prowling the streets in the early morning hours. You don't walk that early. You prowl. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's at this point still. It's 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 we're at a point where we're there's not much daylight, right? Yeah. You're waking up. So it's, it's dark. You, you wake you're going up dark, home. You, it's dark. Right. Exactly. Some guy on the sidewalk mm. says to me. He just is like. Hey, man. And, <laughs> then, and then he said something. Hey, man. And I, I didn't respond and, but he said something and I couldn't understand are it. Are you waiting or are you walking? I'm walking. Oh. I didn't stop moving the whole time. So this guy's following you. No, he's standing there. He's stationary. Mm -hmm. I'm approaching, mm -hmm. passing him. That's, that's a, yeah, that's the one where you're like, fuck. Well, I'm already keeping my eyes on him, right? Mm -hmm. He hey man. And he said something I couldn't understand. I went, hmm. That was as much as I said. That's good. And he was like, uh, God bless. <laughs> I said, God bless you too. And I kept walking. <laughs> you do that little hand motion too that you God just did? You. Yeah, God bless the you most too. dismissive, like, yeah, you know how it is. You know, you got, yeah, God, God fuck yourself you. or whatever. So you got to act like you don't have time for this shit, Andy. Yeah, I don't. You know, you don't wear headphones either. That's your big problem. No. You had headphones on. You can really just play into the fact that, oh, I, I didn't hear you. I used to uh, sometimes wear them. Not listening to anything, because mm -hmm. I also worry about getting distracted. You know, like so many people are listening to stuff, mm. and you know they're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. I like to be really aware of my surroundings. That's true. We've all been in some sketchy situations, but I don't think any as none of them have ended up in my murder. No, none of them ended up in us yet. being murdered in Panama. Again, yet. a great episode there, but uh, Andy, I don't know. I think it's time to get to number one. And now we've arrived. Boinkers, here we are at number one, topping the charts in the listener votes for 2022's greatest episode of the entire year. Here it is, number one on the charts, Men in Black. Dr. Herbert Hopkins um, came up in our episode on the Golden Eagle, a demon-possessed car that is also inhabited by extraterrestrials and has an insatiable lust for blood. Uh, we brought up Dr. Hopkins in that episode because there was a... Hi, boys. I'm back. Chuck, Chuck Yeager. That's right. It's Jet fucking booze sucking Chuck fucking Yeager. I appeared on that episode because I banged that demon car. And now that I'm dead, I can go faster and farther than ever. I saw the edge of the universe. And let me tell you, my boner wasn't the only thing rapidly expanding. Uh, cool. Anyway, I'm going to go to Zeta Reticuli and hang out with my new best friend, Sonic the Hedgehog. He's the only creature that really understands me. Yeager away! 
Bye, Chuck Yeager! Oh, I wish I could have had Chuck Yeager escort me to Zeta Reticuli. I could have shown Natalie my real home. <sighs> it would be pretty cool to scope out Zeta Reticuli with Chuck fucking Yeager. I gotta say. Oh, uh, sorry. I didn't realize I said that directly into the microphone and not inside my head or quietly to myself. I guess just like Andy, I accidentally said a line of dialogue from my pornographic film I'm writing called uh, Fuck Yeager in space. <laughs> nice, dude. I am cracking the whip. Specifically the, the bedroom closet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that where you sleep? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like a big drawer. <laughs> You're like Jake and she's like pillow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I can stretch if you know what I mean. Are Ooh. you Are you such a huge fan of Men in Black, you think, because your dad looks like Tommy Lee Jones? I. You know what's funny? I've I was told that a couple of years ago. And then everyone around like confirmed, mm-hmm. and I had never thought about that at all. Yeah, but he the really person does. who pointed it out was like, "Doesn't he look like the guy that plays Two Face?" Yeah, and they were like Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, and everyone was like, "Yeah, he does." So apparently, my dad looks like Tommy Lee Jones, which he does kind of. He does kind of. Yeah, he's got kind of a resemblance. Yeah, yeah. I think body type: Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> okay, forehead up, nose. Tommy Lee Jones. And your mom looks like Will Smith, so this totally checks out. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody wanted to see what it was like, to, if The Men in Black was actually a rom-com. <laughs> um, now, Andy, what's funny. your take with The Men in Black? Because you're... Wait, you, you didn't let me look- finish. I was oh. scared. Well, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I was scared to shit when the... Guy, when the cockroach ripped off his skin. Yeah, it was and, terrifying. And I was like inconsolably afraid. Okay, well, I wasn't like that. I well, like, I don't cool. remember leaving the theater, but it was like me and my cousin who are also my age. We were wow. both so freaked out by it. Yeah, it's it's a great performance. It was good CGI for the time. When Will Smith steps on the CGI. little... When the, Will Smith steps on the little cockroaches, it grossed me the fuck out. Won't start nothing. Won't, won't be, be nothing. nothing. I step out my face before something bad happens to you. Wow. I love when he's writing out his like in the crazy circle chairs with like the resume or the questionnaire thing at the beginning. That's so funny. And I used to work right next to the Men in Black building. Oh, in New York. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the battery tunnel whatever building. Oh. So many good gags throughout the movie. Classic gag. I mean, the the car with the jet engine and it spins around the tunnel. Will Smith gets the tiny gun that actually shoots like fucking crazy. Yeah. You got the fucking, yeah, what they doing? <laughs> the little alien guys. Yeah. Better than any minion that's ever been created. You got the fucking pug. You've got Michael Jackson as an alien. You've got, uh, you know, other people who were aliens. Michael Jackson as an alien is number two. So, what? That's the second Men, Men in Black, Black 2. Oh, that's Men in Black 2? Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. And I was going to say, I don't remember that, and I didn't see any other Men in Black movies. Amazingly, you saw Men in Black, though. Yeah. Wow. Now, yeah. that's what I want to ask, though. What's your take with it? Because you were a little bit older than we were. Not that you can't enjoy this movie. I mean, I've watched it hundreds of times since. I mean, I've watched, I yeah, I've seen it, but uh um, yeah, I, 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 th- I thought I enjoyed it. Like, even okay. as a, what, I would have been 12. That was a pretty good age for you. Yeah, it's a good age. Yeah, I would have been 78 years old. Um, I was just getting divorced for the fifth time. Uh, no, I he was- He did a pick me up. I, uh, 
I thought I thought it was a good movie, and you know what? I've seen it at least once or twice since then, and I've never never thought that it didn't hold up. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it like very recently, but you know, watching some of the clips and stuff, I do think the CGI still yeah it doesn't. Men in Black One have that little tiny man who's inside the man's head. Who's yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Isn't that David Cross? Alien no, Mike. no, that's someone else. No, David Cross is the alien guy. And then they flash him and he goes like, okay, you're going to take your girlfriend David out. David Cross is not an alien. No, alien guy. He's like into aliens. And then they flash him and he's like, you're going to take your girlfriend out for a nice seafood dinner and start and get out of your mom's basement or something this, like that. Uh, no. They no, don't? It's not a, David Cross is the one. He works the counter at the coroner's I was just going to say, I thought it was like a morgue, and right? And he is, he uh, when Vincent D'Onofrio comes up to him, there's a roach that he's like killing roaches. And Vincent uh, D'Onofrio is like, don't do that. And then he, <laughs> he goos him up on the ceiling. Uh, and then, is, is the first one or the second one that has the Balchinians? Second one. Okay. Okay. You've seen. Okay. Art's, Art's never seen the first one. He's only seen the second movie. <laughs> I've seen them all. And I've seen the cartoon series. Yes. On the WB. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Before we, before we pivot to okay, the cartoon we pivot to series. This. He wants to grill me some more. No, no. I want to just tell a quick story about Men in Black 2. Okay. Okay. It's a terrible, terrible movie. It's not that good. But also, I've only Laura seen Boyle. it once, which was when it came out in theaters. And I don't know if it's a terrible, terrible movie because it's really bad or because my parents almost got divorced <laughs> the day I saw it. Jesus Christ. Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith almost got divorced. That's a big reveal. I wish. It was that my, pa- I remember the day very clearly. My mom and my younger brother were going into the city for something. And my mom was like, oh, we'll all go to Taste of Chicago afterwards won't that be fun and me being a kid and i think i'd probably have had crowd anxiety my whole life but as a kid didn't really get that okay but also like it's hot more big reveals me and my older brother were like no we do not want to go to taste of chicago fuck that wow like we didn't say fuck that because we were kids yeah it was like it was just like no i don't want to go i don't want to go and my mom was like very upset at how much we didn't want to go because she thought it'd be a fun thing to do as a family. Uh, yeah, it fucking sounds and like And my it. mom and my dad must have been going through a lot uh, before this, but somehow this spiraled into, frankly, one of the biggest arguments I ever saw them have. Wow. And it was like... Dude, she wanted her fucking rainbow cone. Probably. She stormed out with Kevin. They were gone for the day. It was clear that everything was like not okay and my dad was like, I'll take you to co see Men in Black 2. Wow. And me, him, and Terry all saw it. And then it was like a pretty traumatizing day. <laughs> oh, my God. Overall. Well, wow. Bunk Bunkers, uh, let us know. And then uh, the movie sucked. So Yeah, let us know. Uh, how was your experience with Men in Black 2? Did your, your parents almost get divorced before? <laughs> what it doesn't have as much trauma as Ian is now revealing in his lore to us now. What movie or food festival almost broke your marriage? <laughs> yeah. Or what did, movie or or did break festival? up your marriage? <laughs> That's right. They did not get divorced wow. and they did patch things up. But That's it was... Wow. An episode I was on for once. An episode you were on for once. I think what we can take away from the voting and the downloads is people really find me unappealing. (laughs) Nobody likes me. You're very unlikable. The downloads prove it. The votes prove it. 
people like it when I'm not here. <laughs> they like you in uh, in bursts. Right. Do one episode, take six months off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Obviously, first of the year, we always try to crack off a new year with our good friends, the O'Hannies. Yeah, we try to whip one out first of the year. With we try the, to whip it out. O'Slamiltons. O'Slamiltons. Uh, the old slobbertons. The old, uh, old slobbertons. This is a fun episode. Um, chaotic as always with us and the Ohamis. We're just too, we're just like fucking peas in a pod. We just go off, off the, the rails race, immediately. Off the rails immediately. Don't remember much from. You know, it's like a big part of this episode feels kind of foggy to me. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, you know, it was. It's an interesting episode because. As far as I can remember, we did basically no intro. We just started with the research part of it. Which, which is, is odd. Which is rare. We usually do some introductions and talk about how we got abducted and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But that didn't that didn't happen during this episode, as far as I know. Again, I don't listen to the show, so I can't be sure. Right. This led to a very lengthy discussion on the movie The Men in Black, mm-hmm. uh, which I had just recently And, and its role in Ian's parents almost getting divorced. <laughs> You know what? I recently the the all all the Men in Blacks are on um, Netflix, and so one night I was bored, including the animated series that you like so well. Yeah, I think that might be on there too. Oh, uh, if not, it's on I think HBO. So, I think there's full episodes on YouTube too. Yes, and we did talk about that a long time because that theme song had no business going that hard. <laughs> that was a good fucking theme song, and. Um, um, I just rewatched them recently. Yeah, I believe on that episode we talked about how well the first one holds up, and it does. It's a great, but I didn't realize. I think we talked about this on the episode, but I hadn't seen. I hadn't watched Men in Black in a long time. But that movie is so fast. It is like getting to it. It moves really fast, and it's short. It's a short movie. Mm-hmm. They that definitely. They would not make that movie that way today. No, God, no. But it's a very short movie. I mean, it's like 90 minutes. It is. It's, it's, it, it And it's pops. in, is out. Will Smith becomes a Men in Black agent in like the first five minutes. Yeah, like the first fucking 20 minutes. He doesn't have any time where he questions it. He's just like, nope, I'm a Men in Black agent. I get it. But honestly, they do a good job with it. Like, and then they're cruising. It doesn't, if you watch the movie though, like when I think back on Men in Black, it's been a while since I've seen the actual movie, right? Yeah. I can remember most of it because it is short. Mm-hmm. But like when you watch it, it doesn't feel like it's going too fast. No. Like it's not paced poorly. No. It's a good movie. A lot of great cameo performances. John Grease is in that movie. I didn't even know that. Um, he's a very small role as the guy who is driving the um like the uh migrants. Oh. Um He's like driving them in a big truck and then they get stopped by the border patrol. And that's right. where Kay and his old partner where the old partner finally decides to call it quits. Cause he doesn't shoot an alien who's about to like kill somebody or something. Right. And that's what is the, you know, the catalyst for going to get Will Smith. So, um, there's a lot of other really fun little cameos. David Cross is in that movie. Um, and he's also in the follow-up. He's in the second one as well. And, um, yeah, there's just a lot of fun, memorable little scenes, but it's a very quick second one. Boy, it is bad. It is not a good movie. Um, 
I remember liking it as a little kid, but like rewatching it now, I literally turned it off because I was getting bored. I was like, this fucking sucks. This is not, this is hokey, goofy, dumb. It's like making, it's just stupid. I don't know. Didn't we talk about this in the episode though, that it's like the first one was good. Yeah. The second one is bad. And then the third one is good again. I don't know. I've never seen the third one. I never saw the oh, second one. the third one I have seen. I haven't seen that's anything where it's Josh Brolin one. and they go like back in time. Yeah, I think You know so. what? I'll have to check that one out. Maybe I'll watch that later tonight. I seem to remember Ian saying that, but I could be wrong. Well, the thing about Ian and Again, I, my memory's a little foggy. Let's fucking get into it because this is a thing. You and I, there's something clearly brewing here. The top two episodes include Ian Hamilton. Yeah. Clearly, clearly, I'm going to put this out there. Yeah. There is a grand conspiracy going on. I do believe that Ian Hamilton rigged the votes of this fair and honest election for the top five episode recap of this amazing, very important podcast. Yeah. Cultural milestone of a podcast. I believe, look, there was no regulation to how many times people could vote. I believe that Ian Hamilton rigged the votes. I believe that he got people to vote multiple times. I believe that he got people to put episodes involving him into the top and believe there's a grand conspiracy here involving Ian Hamilton. He is our nemesis. We cannot forget that. It's the only thing that makes sense. And Boinkers, frankly, we need your help to uncover Ian Hamilton's malfeasance. We and need, his malfeasance. We, <laughs> he also has the power of force shitting. We need your help to stop the steal. So that's why Art and I have released a collection of 8,000 of NFTs of us... <laughs> With huge muscles. Yeah. Shooting, us shooting, shooting lasers dressed out of as our football dicks. players. Us dressed as cowboys. Us. It, us hulk. like us. Like there's one of like me and you doing like a backbreaker move to Ian Hamilton. Like we're breaking his spine in half. Like um, the tombstone, the villain from the Spider-Man series doing. Right. There's a he, senior picture series where yep. you and I are both in an old truck. <laughs> So we urge you to go. A really cool. Old we urge truck. you to go to Patreon.com. Well, actually, it was uh, it was Mater. Yeah, from the it car was Mater from the car movie. Tomater, our good friend Tomater from the Cars movies. We asked him to help us stop the steal, and of course, he was all on board um, because nobody supports. Nobody is a bigger proponent of fair and accurate elections than Tomater. Yeah, from the, the only Cars thing universe. he might support more is carcumcision. Right. He loves carcumcision. He believes every car should have its muffler trimmed at birth. I don't agree with him on this. I don't think car mutilation is right. I think that cars should have a say-so in it. But Mater is a great friend. They trapped friend. a bomb! <laughs> I'm not sure. God, Lord, they dropped that, a bomb! They had gum, they hit the Pentagon! They <laughs> gum, they done hit the Pentagon! <laughs> Famous audio of Tomator on 9-11. Dad gum, they don't hit the Pentagon. <laughs> There's a meme that Andy and I love of it's just that's all it is, it's just the voice of Tomator screaming that they dropped <laughs> They hit the Pentagon. They hit the Pentagon on 9-11. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> I love that fucking meme, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, no, Ian Hamilton, um, big time. He's he did something. He did something here. It's, it's there's no there's no ifs ands buts no about ifs, it. I get it that people hate me, mm -hmm. but there's no way that they like Ian Hamilton. Yeah, true. But um, 
There were episodes with with Natalie O'Hamilton. That's true. And everybody loves Natalie. Mm-hmm. And why did those episodes not get voted to the top? So what I would like to see is Ian Hamilton coming clean. Um, you know, I think Ian Hamilton coming clean for his Malfeces right. would be, uh, you know, otherwise, yeah, I think me, you, Tomater, we might have to get down to some dirty business. We will be filing several lawsuits uh-huh. in various courts around the world. Oh, yeah. Against Ian Hamilton and his vote rigging industry. Yep. I mean, frankly, he's turned this into a cottage industry. Well, I'll take it one step further is I'll show up to wherever the fuck Ian L. Hamilton lives um, and I'll throw down some of my fucking Okito moves. Right. Because I've been training with Steven Seagal uh, pretty recently, actually, and I've learned a lot of sick shit. Yeah, you were introduced to Steven Seagal by Tomater. That's right. Tomater introduced me to Steven Seagal. And honestly, like, you know, I don't I'm I'm following the path of the warrior. Right. And the righteous warrior. Right. And I do follow the Bushido code in my day to day life. Yeah. And uh, I will show up and I will fucking throw down some Akita moves against Eno Hamilton. I'll do it. Right. To protect the honesty of this podcast. It's the only thing that can be done. And I'm not powerful enough to do it. Because I can't live the Bushido code. Because I can't live by any code. I violated building codes. <laughs> I violate dress codes. Uh-huh. I violate... Um, well, pretty much any code you can think of. Any code you think of. I don't even remember my locker code. <laughs> Well, that's the grand conspiracy. Andy, anything else you want to say about the number one episode of the year, Men in Black? Men in Black, what a good topic, classic Great topic. topic. And such a good topic for, for Natalie and Ian as well, who you know do have such a rich tapestry of knowledge. They, they On this episode as well, there might be some clips about it, but um, Natalie talks about her shadow dreams of seeing shadow people. Right. Very creepy. Natalie always comes on the show, brings a new interesting... Paranormal story that really spooks and um, entertains. Yeah. Natalie, very close to the paranormal, personally. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we... And Eno Hamilton about to be close to the fucking mat. Right. When I throw down some of my Akita moves on him. And Tomater runs over him. <laughs> While he's begging for mercy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know, Ian... How do you like a toe hook to the groin? You scared now, Ian? You scared now? Dad gum, I done hit Ian's ding dong. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Bugbuggers, I don't know. I think we're starting something. Something's brewing for 2023. Some, I mean, call, call this a coffee pot because something's brewing. Something's brewing. There's a pod war. Pod war. Pod, pod war. Grab your Padawans. It's a pod war. Now this is pod warring. I'm sorry, little ones. <laughs> oh, the younglings. Oh yeah, they never stood a chance. No, um, the, uh, Andy. I mean, I mean, this is just. Fantastic. I have to bet Anakin after that. He was like, "Yeah, I fucking kicked their asses. They were children. Yeah, and I fucking killed them all. Fucking idiots." Don't know the force as well as me. Damn, I'm going to go take a force shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Here it is me, janitor at the Jedi archives. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) He's the only one that does this. All these other Jedi could force shit anytime they want. They don't because it's rude. Shit gets all over the bowl. It's caked on. It's just like an explosion. Hello there. (laughs) We never see like Yoda. You having to be like, 
Oh, shit. Take a fat shit, I must. <laughs> Had three bean burrito, I did. Mm. Mm. Fat mm. shit, Spicy. I must take. Spicy, this is. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Stand up to wipe ass, I do. Mmm. Spicy garlic wing sauce. I should not have had, I should not. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, oh! Burns my butthole. <laughs> it does. Oh my god. Um, Andy, this caps off another fucking year, dude. This is another year. Another year for the books. Another real fucking stinker of a year. Mm-hmm. Good riddance to 2022. 2023, sure you'll be just as fucking bad. Yep. You know what, Beavers, if you can take anything from this podcast, it's that nothing ever gets better and everything's just as shitty as it ever was. True. And you really are in the bunkmas spirit this year, aren't you, Andy? I am in the bunkmas spirit. I ate a lot of popcorn that was supposed to decorate a Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm feeling great. <laughs> Too much popcorn. Um well, Bugfuckers, uh, thank you again for all the support, though, over the year. Um, I mean, that's one thing we can't, we can't thank you enough. Back on. Yeah, and something special that we'd like to do now to recognize those Bunkfunkers who listen to the show is we're going to read out the names of every person that listened to the podcast this year. <clears throat> Jeff Wilson. <laughs> Richard Tannenbaum. Julia Smith, Julia S. Smith, Richard Kind, Rip Torn, Jeff Wilson Sr., Jeremy Piven, Jeremy Irons, Jeremy G., Jeremy G., Nick Simon, kind of. He only listened once, but we still we still saw it. Um, and that's it. That's everybody. Um, Andy, um, no, <laughs> Bunkfuckers, thank you again for your support over the year. Thank you for voting. This was really fun. Hopefully, definitely hope to do it again next year. Yes. Um, thank you for sticking with us through another year of Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Um I guess just, Andy, do you have any last words you want to say before we we close it down and we we head off for the holidays? I'm going to echo those sentiments, Art, and say to all the boinkers out there, thanks for listening. Thanks for your support, um, especially to our proud patrons of That's this show. Right. We really appreciate you, um, you know, spending your hard-earned money on this podcast. Um, and we hope to make more memories with you next year. Well, for um, not the titular Mr. Bunker, the titular Mr. Bunker, but, but for uh, arts, am I ineluctable? Ineluctable, yeah, coast, just like Ian Hamilton, <laughs> Annie Hart. I'm our stone saying that was the whole enchilada on 2022. Yummy. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional Book, book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to be read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy, happy reading! reading.